birdie. Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Sunday the 25th of February 2018. I'm your host Daniel F.J. Train. Joining me today, <laughs> Zachary B. Burgess yep, and Robert A. Kemp. I feel like my security has been violated. <laughs> Never tell yeah. anyone what the letter stands for. No, that no, was no. my policy on ILC where I just use ZBB as my, as my username. It's like, you're never going to find out. You can see what the first one means. You can see what the second one means. I'm never going to tell you what the middle one means. No, I mean, it's never know. I mean, it's clearly bananas. <laughs> yeah, very. <laughs> exactly, bananas, Burgess. <laughs> I don't sound that. What's yours then, rest- It's wrestler's name. I'm going to go with Albatross. Avocado. <laughs> Avocado, yeah. I'm, I'm the hipster yep. portion of this show today. Hi, I'm Robert Avocado. <laughs> but is it smashed avocado? That's what makes it hipster, did you know? <laughs> no, I prefer mine humiliated. <laughs> uh, posh nosh. <laughs> what a joke. Classic. <laughs> well, I've got two. What does FJ stand for? <laughs> I'm sure F I'm trying, to think, trying to think of a fruit that starts with J. This is my problem here. <laughs> a, fr- a fruit? Well, that's what we're going with bananas and avocados, right? Oh, Free Japan. <laughs> free Japan. <laughs> Japan is free. <laughs> Didn't specify you what you were freeing Japan from. No. D- Dan Free Japan trade. <laughs> He's a, an activist for a cause that yeah. not exist. <laughs> the freeing of Japan from trains. Perhaps. For justice? Dead too ma- justice? Train? Too many Shinkansen. <laughs> too many Shinkansen. <laughs> Way too many Shinkansen. Just too many. <laughs> Free Japan. I can't think of any fruits that start with J. So <laughs> it's not going to work. Dead air while we think about yeah. <laughs> about fruit starting with J. It's like the nearest thing I can think of was juice. So clearly it's Dan, Dan fucking juice train. <laughs> He's so juiced. <laughs> yep. I'm not the juice like uh, OJ Simpson and fucking juice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's not orange juice, it's fucking juice. Oh, <laughs> that, that is like, actually, this is like yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. What a way to start a show. Roll back. What's going on, guys? Flimsy jumpers. <laughs> this is like the classic the number, play uh, number play game, yeah. It is like the number play game, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm with you, Dave. I can't think of a fruit beginning with J. There must be one. <laughs> you think so? Juniper berries. But I already <laughs> said that. Oh, did you? Well, I'll be yeah. why it's in my brain then. <laughs> I don't know if that counts though. There's probably quite a few different I mean, kinds it's of berries. Like, it's technically a fruit, but probably not a human edible fruit. I don't know. Jaffa. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's an edible fruit though, necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> Jim. Jim the fruit. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> I mean, you could. Dad might just have the boring one, right? If I, it just could be just Fred Jim. <laughs> Dad Jim Frank Train. Fred James. Jim Frank. No, Frank Jim. Oh, yeah, Frank, Frank Jim. Frederick 
Jemima train. Could be. It could be any number of names. <laughs> if you start going to if you start going to actual names, there's gonna be a lot of combinations. And one yeah. of them's gonna be the correct one, which is well, there's gonna be a lot of avoid. words that you can put together. Fishy jizz. <laughs> okay. <laughs> back to being terrible again. Oh, it's annoying at the at the um client I'm working with, they have Slack. Wow, the power of what? They've, they've actually got Slack, even though it's like a pilot. But I'm they don't have I don't have permission to change my display name. So it has to be my full name separated by underscores. Nice. Yeah. Great. Thanks, guys. Hi everybody. Come hack me. Now everyone's calling me Daniel. <laughs> oh. That is frustrating because it's like I don't know. It's for a certain level of professionalism, I get. I suppose they always put like, like, like. Even though my email address is just Rob at work, like yeah. with some, some other stuff, it's not Robert. It's like it's my bits of business card or signatures and stuff like that all kind of end up coming back from Robert. And it's like, well, mm, it's fine. If once I've signed off as Rob, they get the hint. But like that first yeah. email, where it's like, "Hello, Robert," and I'm like, mm, so, 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 "It just feels a bit formal for me." Yeah. I shall talk extremely long-windedly from this conversation. Make it, make it as formal as possible. If I could handwrite this, that's what you should do. Yeah, just just and sign it, Robert. Start sending emails that are just a JPEG of a scan of a handwritten letter. Oh, that'd be amazing. (laughs) Well, I've got. my laptop has one that has a pen on it, so I could just... Write yeah, but you'll, you'll never write well enough with, no. with a computer pen to simulate t- actual writing. Because it turns out, using a sort of stylus on a laptop screen to actually try and do anything useful <laughs> is, at all. is really hard. Well, even the, like, fancy Microsoft Surface one. Well, well, I don't know. I um, think the I only thing that I would say, oh, right. just from thinking about how like things that you could do with it the only thing that i immediately think of that would probably work okay would be like drag selecting a square in in paint shop sure <laughs> just going corner to corner that that seems to be about the only thing that i can think of that it's just like yeah that seems like that would work perfectly well well i tried doing like simple stuff right like oh i thought i oh, know i'm using one note i could just start drawing some pictures in one note using the pen right yeah. which works in in theory Except it does the classic thing that a lot of like computer programs do, which is like they don't really make your drawing an object in the way that you would want. Like all the parts of it become things. It's like this right. lines of thing, this lines of thing, and then it doesn't flow with the text. So if you then write and add more notes, it's like it's all getting garbled up by where your text is, and it's well, like, that's where you need the drag select to select all of them, group them together. But I don't think that even I couldn't find out how to do that in, in fairness. Yeah. Like if you circle something like in OneNote to emphasize it, it it should be clever enough to like track that around and move the the circle that you've drawn along with the content that you're circling. Maybe, know. yeah. I haven't tried using the actual select tools to then sort of move. M- moving it as a group probably isn't too bad because you probably could select the whole thing. But it's then when you try and putting it into the flow of the text, it doesn't seem to do. So it's like right. if you're... If you're drawing on top of a page that's already filled with text, that seems fine. But if you're like, if you're doing what I do, and I want to build sort of like a very vague document outline, and be like, "Oh, this is what I plan to do. I'm going to quickly draw some skanky diagrams, which I'll replace with proper diagrams at some point, <laughs> just to just yeah. to indicate that that's what's going to be here." 
Yeah. Um, and then, the of course, yeah. Then, and then, of course, I'm editing that stuff, like to be like, okay, that needs rearranging. I need to put that there. And uh, uh, yeah, then, then it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> I mean, there is this thing on like um, Windows 10 called Inkscape, if you've got a pen. Oh, yeah. Where you just tap that and go, hey, Take a take a screenshot right now, and then which it does, but then it puts it into a sort of like a draw on this mode, where you can just sort of go this thing right here, or do what I normally do, which is big arrow to the thing you're trying to point out to someone. What so that, for, that for when you're like presenting or on or just like, you know desktop or something? Yeah, demonstrating to people like what what I'm seeing, or like this thing right here, do that. I've always thought that that should have just been something that should have existed a million years ago. Because they tried doing, like, whiteboard apps and stuff for a while. But it's <laughs> like, now we're in the age of overlays, the, like the Steam overlay, for example. Mm. Like, why have we not got to the point where we could just have an overlay program that lets you draw on whatever there is behind it? Like, it can literally just draw on the current screen. Mm. Well, we do is have that, that sort of now. I, I mean, suppose, yeah, yeah, kind of, but not, like, widespread as much as you'd think it would be. No. <laughs> From being such a convenient feature where you could just draw... I mean, look, just imagine how... Even just, like, imagine how much huge people like Twitch streamers would get out of that to be able to oh, draw what, like on commentary. the live thing that they're oh, looking see, at. I see, I see what you mean now, yeah. <laughs> so if they could get a pen and quickly draw, like, did you see this? Did you see this right here? Like how they do on, like, football. Yeah, exactly. Like t- TV sports. And even, like, even in that case, even with, like, the football version of that, it's still terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is just, like... <laughs> it's so laggy and doesn't really respond very well. And they're often, like, really low resolution for some reason right even today they still a lot of them are still like super pixely yellow lines yeah. it's like we were watching the super bowl and they seem to do that every now just a crappy yellow line turns up on the screen and it's just, we're just like what was that and i mean maybe it's still a problem for live but even the ones where they're in the studio like doing post-match analysis it's still terrible yeah <laughs> where they're only drawing over a replay <laughs> well some, some of them are a bit better but like i, I guess you can some of that's down to right, yeah. The, you, what have we? What can we put in the hands of people in the studio so they can do it as they're in these sort of open plan studios, I suppose, so well, they can it, actually it do it. It got worse when they started doing the standing up next to a touchscreen TV version of it. Oh yeah, yeah. That's just a bad way to draw anything. A social media wall. <laughs> but then, yeah, why couldn't they just give them a nice brush tool to actually do that? So you could draw like with a little bit of finesse. Yeah. Seems like that should have been a solved problem ages ago. No, they're more worried about um, making it so you can see through the uh, helmet of the player. <laughs> that was so dumb. And they so used weird. it one time as they well. They used it twice. Oh, did they? Used it twice. I think, I think they used it twice in a row on the same shot. I don't think it was two separate times. Uh, I, I thought it was. I thought it was twice. Yeah, <laughs> but they. That's what, what did that person see at the moment of the throw? <laughs> The they always do those weird. Yeah, well, they always do those weird transitions as well, and so they never actually hang on the bit you want. No, like, it's right. like zoom the weird squeeze, like swirly pan. Yeah, it swirls, swirls into his head. You get to see what he actually saw for like a split second. And then in it theory, swirls back out. Yeah. Like, well, that was not actually helpful at all. I mean, yeah. I guess that technically was was like the amount of time he saw that exact frame. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's very weird. Super Bowl seemed a bit weird this year. 
don't know if it seemed any more weird than usual, really. Well, maybe, maybe I think it's weird because it was less weird, actually. It's just sort of normal. Well, it was also a reasonable game this time, I guess. Yeah. Well, but even I'd say I'd say that I don't think the game itself was actually that interesting, just the way it was being played and things. Well, I mean, it was maybe the end. maybe it was weird for actually having like things happen. It wasn't mm. just a generic ass game. Not enough flags. That's true. There was virtually no penalties, <laughs> so you didn't get much time to have the refs say weird things and be like, "What the hell did you just say? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean?" <laughs> I also just love the fact that they throw flags at things. I still love that. It's just like this little yellow bit of fabric just suddenly appears. Well, it's even better if they run out of flags. <laughs> run out of flags? Well, it, basically, there's a there's a protocol, because I've seen it a couple of times in replays of American football, where, like, because they have the flag to throw, but each individual referee only has, like, one flag. So if he then sees another foul later on, it progresses to, like, he has to throw his hat, and that counts as well <laughs> for marking a penalty. <laughs> Why doesn't he just go pick up his flag? Because that's for the first penalty. You have to leave the flag there to mark that first penalty. But if you continue to see other penalties, it's like, oh, I have to throw my hat and make oh, a towel. Right, I see if it during the same play. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because uh, I thought, they'd, what, they just leave the fabric just there <laughs> for the entire match? It's like a battle scar. It's like, you know it's been a terrible play when hats end up getting thrown. Because that means <laughs> at least one referee has seen more than two fouls. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's pretty great. Protocol. Yep. Just have one in each pocket. <laughs> if the thing is just end up with a huge pile of flags. They need to be like dressed like window cleaners. Just have, have, have like a, a belt of flags. Yeah, a rag belt. <laughs> American football's weird. It's not that weird. It's a little bit weird. It's like bad rugby. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't really been watching any of that either. (laughs) You've been watching any Winto Olimpo? Winto Olimpo? Winto Olimpo. (laughs) The abbreviation that barely abbreviated. Yeah, it didn't really work. (laughs) Same number of (laughs) syllables. Always. No, the same number of syllables. Though it was Winto Olimpo, Winter Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. didn't really work. I think in my head I was just going to go Winto Limpo, but <laughs> limp, the limp, well into my limps. <laughs> What's any of that? Not really. Like getting into Mr. T's new favourite sport. <laughs> Mr. T's new favourite sport is just like whatever the fuck he's watching at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I don't think he cares enough to form that kind of decision. You watch any of it, Dan? That was a test. I don't think he's with us. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> oh, he's back. I heard Hello. a noise. Christ. Hello. Yeah, there he is. Back. I better be. <laughs> I better be. This is. I haven't watched the Winter Olympo. <laughs> Winter Olympo. Oh, Winter Olympo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised the Zeg hasn't though. I mean, uh, usually get into the Summer Olympics, but I guess winter is a bit not quite so interesting. What did we decide the skeet really was? Because they didn't talk about it at all this time. Because I didn't. Didn't we like? Because yeah, that's a not course. a Winter Olympic swarm. That's going to be why. Something like that, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I got, well, I got confused with what, because I thought, what is actually the biathlon? I thought that was skeet. No. But, yeah. 
Biathlon's just target shooting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, with with, with some with some cross country skiing in between. Yeah. <laughs> ski, 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 shoot, shoot, shoot. <laughs> That's pretty much what it sounds like if you're 50 feet away, yeah. <laughs> Good. This isn't working real well. Oh, I don't Belgium. know. How to improve it. Yep, it's fine here. Uh, well, so I, yeah, what's watch the, the, the sort of women's curling medal attempt? Attempt being the right word? Because <laughs> we're. They like what I've been seeing is on like the BBC homepage of the headlines, so it's just like, how have we fucked up today? <laughs> Seems to be the theme of the majority. They got two medals in a single event and several disqualifications and crashes. <laughs> well, no, that was a one person. Oh well, yes, but also <laughs> the curling nearly went wrong at least twice. And how about them Russians coming into it as a weird non-representative entity? They're not representing their country, but they're from Russia, so we're going to call them the athletes from Russia. So what like, because of the doping to, stuff that happened. They're allowed to compete, are they, but not under... <laughs> Dan has gone so quiet. Why is this happening? I don't know. Oh, how mysterious. But yeah, they were allowed to complete, com- complete? complete. compete. As well, well, I guess they were allowed to complete as well. Well, and then two of the events. Yeah, for anti- and they were, they were stopped. Leading from supporting Russia for doping reasons, and then two of them got picked up for doping. Dopes. Although uh, in total, but two of them were Russian, and there was like one. No, I still thought it was four Russians as well. Oh right, work. Damn it. Well, oh, good. Mostly better. Anyway. I hope so. Nope, it's improving gradually. Yeah, he's coming back to us. Ah. Uh. Return from the land of I don't know where I've gone. Don't walk into the light. Yeah, exactly. Try not to die. Good <laughs> advice. Mm. Uh, yeah, Winter Limbo. I, I love it, to be honest. I get the kids, like, and we, Noam and I end up watching it just like every night. Being like, what are we, we going to watch tonight? The Olympics is on. Yeah, that's, that's why, though. Because you, you are required to watch something pretty much every day. And so having a thing that's on at that time... <laughs> you are required. It's convenient. <laughs> that's just nice. Wouldn't watch it if it wasn't fun. Do that during the summer as well. Just watch everything. Spot! What else is going on? Uh, I don't know. Great. I, I still I can't tell if you guys can hear me or not. It's impossible. We can, we can. Oh, am I found sounding normal? I have no idea. You are sounding like Dan. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, fine. Yeah, what what else is going on? Anything going on in the uh in the houses? Uh no. My shower is blocked. I think we were, no, how did you do that? Uh I don't know. What's blocking it? I don't know. Or don't, or don't you want to know? Is it, all Pro- t- is it all beard hair? Pro- uh, could be. I don't have a beard, but... Well, I don't shave it in the shower. Uh, but it could be. Oh, as well. oh, so your sinks aren't plucked. And, like, that's not the whole thing. It's just No, no, just, no. It's just the shower. Shower is not draining correctly. And because it's like a wet room, like it doesn't... Act, like it just goes, like, goes all over the floor. <laughs> mm. Bits of sock fluff that come off okay. your feet. Could be. You know, you get, you get... I don't think you're meant to wear socks in the shower either. No, but you wear socks in the shower either. 
No, but when you take your socks off and then you go in the shower, like sometimes it's like just sock fluff on you. Oh, just on your feet. Sure, I guess. And that's built up and blocked the shower. Yeah, it could well be. So I'm pouring shit down it. How often do you wear wear knee socks? Well, I suppose because I run a reasonable amount and tend to have showers right after I run, it's... It grinds the socks away, basically. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Grinds them away. (laughs) I'm mining sock. But your shower's fine. Oh, yeah. So so that puts my sock theory into... (laughs) Into doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. But I share this shower with Gary, so... Who knows? Hmm. Who knows? Maybe it's just like whatever <laughs> sounds dumb, but whatever soap you're using just doesn't actually like song. Yeah, it, it just remains in some kind of gelatinous lump somewhere. So there's just a <laughs> lump of soap, uh, a very nice smelling part of your pipework that's stopping everything. Maybe someone accidentally shoved a whole soap down there. <laughs> whole soap. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. There's a grating over it, so I'd be quite impressed if you managed to shove a whole soap down there. Someone just just think that this was the best place to pour their chip fat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or like this burgers, yeah. I can't be bothered to put that down the sink. It'll block the sink. I know. I'll put it in the shower. <laughs> I know. I'll put it in the shower. Well, I guess technically the shower pipe is probably slightly wider, marginally. Who Maybe. Knows? Yeah. The sink pipe. You'd hope so. It could be true. Plumbing experts, right in. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what the most grim thing you found down the plug hole. <laughs> I don't want to hear that, really. It'll be hair. It'll be just hair. Yeah, no, it's probably just hair. Definitely worse things than that. Just, no, but I mean, no, what's but... actually blocking Dan's... Yeah, but it won't just be hair, that's the thing. It's like, it'll, the hair will be the, the binding agent. But what <laughs> it's binding is like, you don't even want to know, and it's impossible to tell. <laughs> it's just yeah. stuff. Wouldn't hair just be the mask more than the binding? No, because like, you know, it has to hold itself together. That's the, it's just like concrete. <laughs> the hair is like the steel beam. I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really. right. The hair is the rebar. But you need the actual cement stuff or whatever. Except that's not really how the real cement even works, I guess. No, not really. It's to do with tension and shit, right? <laughs> right. Pre stressed and all that crap. What, like jeans. They're just making yeah, like stylish jeans. buildings <laughs> by pre stressing their buildings. News! News! <laughs> it's time for the news. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Black Panther. Oh yeah, me too. Not news. I saw it on the Tuesday um, when it came out. Do you enjoy it? It is good. It is it's good. pretty good. Yeah, it is a little little light on levity. I thought for a Marvel film. But... Well, they seem to have split Marvel films into comedies and and more serious films. Yeah, and I've, yeah. I've been enjoying the comedies and have been quite bored of the more serious ones like Doctor Strange or whatatever. Even though they had jokes in, obviously they yeah. all do. I mean, they all they all have some amount. Of yeah, jokes, but I mean, but... now like Thor Ragnarok and even Spider Man are basically full full out full on comedies, really, mm. almost entirely. Um, uh, I didn't think Spider Man was actually that funny, but I know it tried. But it yeah, but it was like an eighties teen John Hughes comedy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so 
they did quite well to make a less funny one more more interesting for me. <laughs> more engaging, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I saw like one of the nice one of the more interesting things people said about it is like despite the fact that it's got a relatively large cast, some of which is probably underused as yeah. standard for these sorts of films, um th- th- it's actually possible to in even in the hectic action scenes, you know who's who and what their motivations are and things like that. Yeah, which is something that seems good. to get lost in a lot of the yeah, that's true. A lot of the bigger Marvel films. I I like yeah. The sister character was cool, although she was basically like she was basically like Q from yeah, she had like Q branch, except like African. Uh, where well, they were going she, yeah, through all, all Bond's new equipment. In fact, there, there was a bit where they went to um, Korea and and they went into like a bar to scout out like the baddies or something. And I was like, isn't, mm. isn't this the same set and the same scene as in Bill. like Skyfall? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, where they're in that bar. I can't even remember why. Same deal where they're like, they've, they've got like, um, you know, hidden mics and they're talking to each other and walking around trying to scope out the place. And it's like, this well, there is, is a, like there the is same. A, there's a thing in general, isn't it? About that set design, right? That sort of square room with the yeah. balcony that's all yeah. the way around it. Yeah. And that always seems to get used for that sort of scene. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it was a reference. I don't know. Anyway, maybe one thing maybe, I did maybe, think maybe though, that's just it, what people think of. And it's like, oh, we need to shoot a scene that's a little bit like a stakeout. It's a little bit like a casino, except we need to be able to fight everywhere. Yeah, we'll just use that scene from Kill Bill again. Maybe with slightly less maces. Wakanda. Yeah, it was it was quite fun seeing it in a cinema in uh, West London on like the opening day because quite a lot of the audience was was black um, mm. and and were cheering at all of the all of the like anti colonialist jokes <coughs> like which is quite funny. <coughs> all the all the all those mentions of colonials and things. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, all that stuff. They were like, "Woo!" That's quite funny. Colonizer, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that, and like uh, another white boy for us to fix up. They were like, Ooh. "Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was quite funny." <laughs> I did think that Wakanda, though, like having just played all that Civilization Six, it's like they've gone a long way down the tech tree, but they don't seem to have advanced past like monarchy for some reason. I don't know why. No. <laughs> they didn't bother with the civics. They were like, and so the the whole peril of the plot is entirely because like their highly advanced um, civilization can be taken over by like um monastic um you know by bloodline challenges yeah bloodline challenges complete with like ritual combat to the death it's like could you have just like slightly changed your system of government yeah it doesn't mean their system of uh, ethics and culture has actually yeah uh to use the word advanced in that in this in that circumstance doesn't feel right but you know modified itself but I suppose that's that's what could plausibly happen if you cut yourself off. You don't need that diplomacy, or yeah, I guess so. I would ar- I would argue that it's okay to say that hereditary monarchy is <laughs> less advanced than again other than various other forms that we have these days. I guess. I guess. Yeah, but it was cool. And also, I'd been watching The Wire recently again, and like, 
the baddie, uh, Michael B. Jordan or whatever, is the little kid in The Wire. And it's really weird. I went oh, from seeing he? him as this little kid to like this huh. super ripped guy. He seems cool. Yeah, he's sure. cool. It's, it's sort of a, one of those ones where it's like, oh, you could have didn't have to have him get killed off. No. Could have been an interesting returning bad guy. But then that seemed to be this film's thing in some way. It's like, oh, spoiler alert, I suppose. We're going to kill a few people. Right, yeah. Yeah. Thumbs but up. It does mean it's like, it's like, it's, uh, yeah. The whole <laughs> technology part of it is an interesting sort of turning point for the uh, Marvel Universe in general, I suppose, because leading up to this point, it's all that, you know, the, the, the vibranium that it's all based on has been. A big deal, right? That's like what Captain America Shield's made out of. And, yeah. Because it was the, the only stash of vibranium we had at the time. And then we learned in Ultron that there's a bit more of it. And now we know that there's loads of it. There's tons of it. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to change all the technology. Basically, the entire thing is just going to go a bit guys of the galaxy weird tech. Isn't it? Yeah. Everything's going to be space. Oh, I mean, everything was already spaceships after aliens invaded New York. Like the. Um, you know, in the first Avengers film, like already the um, shield or whatever they're called had like pretty advanced hovering, you know, um, aircraft carriers and sure, but they're all still stuff. just like massive fan blades and things. And now yes. they're going to have vibrate brainy thrusters or whatever. Yeah, like Black Panther's spaceship thing. Wibbly things, which actually probably had some of the shonkiest effects associated with the bit where the, the, the ship is causing vibrations in the water because it lands on water at one point. And it's just like, I know they were going for the sort of like the look of, yeah, uh, I don't know if you if you have water on a speaker or something and you get those, that, those sort of ripple patterns. So it didn't quite look right or it didn't look like it traveled further enough or caused much disturbance away from it, if you know what I mean. Like very localized ripple. Yeah, yeah. Some of the effects were a bit, a bit looked a little bit cheaper than like full blown Avengers kind of level. Mm. But uh, th- but maybe it was just slightly lower budget. But CG still, Rado. it's making a fortune. Mm. I did think it was it was funny how like out of all the technology, like Martin Freeman goes, what a what points and is like, what's the deal with like the railway track things? And she has to explain it for like two minutes. Oh, so, yeah. that you, so that at the end you're like, Oh, <laughs> for plot. It's like, that's obviously going to happen anyway. And also it explains that there's some kind of vibranium neutralizing power mm. technology. Conveniently. Yeah. Conveniently. Yeah. yeah. Now, if only they can make those sonic stabilizers into a screwdriver form or potential crossover. (laughs) (laughs) Bad boy. They just had a moment. We created that. Hashtag love curling. News. News. What's going on in the world of video games? Nothing. Okay, what's next? Uh, what, <laughs> you, what have you been playing? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's rattle off a few things. Um, 
there's they've announced a remaster of Burnout Paradise. Maybe we knew that was coming. Uh, it looks the same. It did in the trailer anyway. I don't know. And um, I mean, yeah, it feels like one of those games that seems new enough and stylized enough. I suppose yeah. in its original incarnation, where a remaster doesn't feel all that necessary. It's not really. It's just <laughs> it an excuse just, to re-release it and make more money, isn't it? It feels like it should just be a hack that lets you up the resolution, like in like in any PC. Game. Yeah, <laughs> PC version. Yeah. Although it ran at like 1080, just fine. Well, sure. And it but probably could go higher. Just right? overscale it. That would be the remaster. Yeah. 4K baby. Um, yeah. And I, mean, I guess it might add a bit more HDR lighting to it, I suppose, and up some texture detail and add more sparks. Just more sparks. I'm not sure you can add more sparks to a burnout game. But <laughs> no. it's already like maximum you might be sparks. able to see where you're going. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, I mean, also, it's the wrong burnout game to remaster. Yeah. As um, a lot of people seem to like that game, but we on the Salacast uh, don't like it as much as Burnout no. 3. That's the game to, to redo. Guys. Mm. Anyway. Guys. Uh, what else? Um, there's a free update to Mario Odyssey with uh, Luigi's balloon party type deal. Has anyone tried yeah, that? I haven't yet, but I, I, um, I don't think I care. Is my thing because it just sounds weird. But it's, it's not like, like it's not really content. <laughs> no, but it's a whole new world, right? That sort of balloon hiding thing is not really. I thought it was a new. It's built into the. It's like you. It's just like fucking hint toad you find luigi at the start of the level it's like go and hide a balloon somewhere in this level it's basically like it's not it's not exactly like but it's quite similar to like sonic generations 30 second challenge where it's like you had to get through as far through the stage as you could in 30 seconds in sonic oh, generations. Right, right. and then so other people had to try and beat it except not quite it's more like hide and seek in 30 seconds i guess mm. <laughs> but you know that's a thing where because I, I immediately saw the inevitable YouTube videos of like speedrunners versus yeah, random sure. people like set me a 30 second challenge and I'll beat it every time because I'm a goddamn speedrunner mm. <laughs> and I can get anywhere in this level in 30 seconds <laughs> uh, what else going on there's a Rumours of a Warcraft 3 remaster potentially because they just dropped a big patch for Warcraft 3 um, including like widescreen support stuff like that. They might as well just put everything in whatever their current engine is. They might as well might as well re-release all of the Diablos in the Diablo free engine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, true. it's just content at that point. I guess. Yeah. Probably good. I can't. I'm trying to remember if I've actually played Warcraft. Or, I mean, I think I have, but I can't remember if I've put sunk any time into a single player at any point. Yeah, I feel like I, I think I can. I think I might have done. I feel like I played it once and then just didn't get very far because I didn't yeah. like it that much. It just wasn't all that memorable. I mean, it was interesting because I, I remember that was the one where they started d- doubling down on the idea of hero units. Yeah. I mean, I know they'd done that before in like StarCraft and things like that, but they brought it to Warcraft, and the idea was that that persisted through the campaign. Um, but and there was a lot more story and things happened mid-mission and that kind of stuff. It was, uh, you know, I, I suppose from the, I remember, I remember playing it thinking, oh, this might be, a, this is a little more dramatic. I suppose they're actually trying to make something out of this campaign a bit more than we've done before in RTSs. Still don't really remember any of it, or it didn't really gel with me in terms of gameplay. 
I don't know. Did you even like build farms and click on sheep? No, like, it didn't work that way, did it? I don't remember. I feel like you probably did to some extent. Maybe not as like much as you did in the old mm. games. Job's done. Righto. Righto. Baram you. And all of that. Uh, they definitely still had clicking on things. <laughs> as, as always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just clicking on your hero units and stuff and moving them around. I mean, that, that was the game that started the whole Dota thing, wasn't it? Or Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dota was yeah. all Warcraft 3 mod. Yeah. Well, it still is, actually. Yeah. You can still play original Dota and it's still... Is it still maintained now? I don't no, I know. know. I haven't heard recently, but okay. no one talks about it. Uh, yeah, it was up until fairly recently, it was still still being updated. Yeah, but that was a... Yeah, I don't know. just didn't make, make a big impact on me. I mean, I suppose it's not surprising because they had relative success with that StarCraft remaster, so try their hand at doing the th- a remaster in 3D, I suppose. But is this, I suppose this might be the first remaster Blizzard's done of a 3D game? A 3D engine game? I guess that's true, yeah. Well, that should make it actually easier. <laughs> if we assume that they're probably just going to use the StarCraft 2 engine at that point, it's just like, get the assets and then just shove them in there to make, them, make the assets better on the way. <laughs> It depends, you know, say it's like swap engines and stuff, it depends how much of the actual mechanics of the game are using things in the in the graphics engine to actually power them and things like that. Sometimes that stuff does tie relatively closely together. So it's like, you know, do you, if we're looking back at things like that Crash reboot recently, where it's like, oh, actually Crash doesn't control in the way that he used to. We've had, we, we had to change things or, well, they didn't have to change things, they just did because... To make it playable. <laughs> Well, they didn't, and in, apparently, like the crash stuff is actually harder than it used to be because of some uh, jumping mechanics changes, and the fact that across all three of those games that are in the tri- in the trilogy pack, they all control the same, whereas they didn't in the original in the originals. There's some there's some weird little details like that that make it slightly off um, to those in the know. So uh, you know, I wonder if this would be like they'd have to rewrite more of it than you think, and thus be a little bit. I would have thought they Off. would have to. You'd think for like an RTS, it, well, I don't know, you'd think for any game it should actually be easy. But for an RTS, especially, it should pretty much just be like straight porting numbers, right? Because <laughs> every unit will be defined by like a movement speed and an attack speed. And it's just like you just copy those numbers over and that should be it. Well, and the, right, uh, it's not and really it's, a physics engine like a platform, right? I, I guess, ho- I guess, hopefully, yeah. And all the AI routines by which it pathfinds and things like that, you might need to pay a little attention to. Yeah. Or how shots move, I guess, and arc and or don't. Or don't, yeah. There's some stuff. Probably wouldn't matter anyway. It's like if you're remaking an RTS game, it doesn't really matter if the mechanics change slightly. It's just the mission design is pretty much going to be the same. Mm. Yeah, it's a weird one. I'm not sure I expected it to be honest. Though. I know they, I know they did Starcraft. But Starcraft, I think, is way more regarded than Warcraft Three. Like, 
Now, if they were doing remakes of Warcraft 2, now I'd be interested. Mm. Yeah, now I would play that for sure. It's seriously old, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. And really basic by yeah. modern standards. You know, it's, it's hard to play now. Yeah. But... but it'd be interesting to see what they did with it. If it was like a reimagining of like Warcraft 2, but, in... but with some modern things thrown onto it, that could be really interesting. But then I guess they'd just call that Warcraft 4. Like Warcraft 4. <laughs> I probably still won't play it, but whatever. <laughs> just make it anyway. <laughs> what else we got? They're making a Sonic film? Yeah. Do we know this? I, d- I didn't, but apparently it had been known for a little while. I'm not quite sure where. Where, 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 where did it come from? So. <laughs> On a podcast at some point. Okay. Quite a, while, quite a long time ago. Although at that point it was probably still like like most of those early rumors about films where it's like it might not ever actually happen yeah yeah like, like the asteroids movie and all that stuff and all the tetris movie <laughs> although that one sounds like it's actually further along than but if you want examples of things that didn't happen like the uncharted and halo films and yeah that stuff i was talking to my uh former project lead uh and he worked on halo apparently because he worked for the weta workshop Mm. He he actually did like the physical. Um, he wasn't like the oh, digital. He, even though now he's a really good developer, um, he did yeah. And he was talking about how they built. He helped build the war warthog that they used for that short and everything. No oh, nice. <laughs> oh, the, um, oh, what was that called? Anyway, yeah, the little mini series. They converted like a rubbish dump into the kind of war zone. Apparently it smelled really bad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everybody, let's make sure we get this take first time. Otherwise, we're all kind of from it everywhere. And he also worked on Dam Busters, which also didn't happen. (laughs) Quite the resume he's got there, then. (laughs) Worked on multiple flower projects. Uh, yeah, so that's supposedly happening and happening end of next year for the Christmas movie scene. Oh God, no, not, not quite Christmas movie. It's like November. But... Well, that still seems far enough away that it could still not happen. Yeah, <laughs> even at this point. I mean, it's like but then... you've got to do a Lego movie on it, right? Where no one expects it to be good, and then for some reason it's good. How do you do that? <laughs> You know? But then they're doing the live-action CG mix, is, oh, the, is the rumor. Is I guess the technically they did that with the Lego movie slightly. Okay, I guess. <laughs> Not really. They didn't really mix in the Lego No, they didn't movie. really mix, yeah. Cut between them. But then, uh, as, as it sounds like they're doing, it sounds like they're following the either the start of Sonic Adventure or Sonic X, or they're trying to explain how did they, they end up in the though? human world. I don't know, but... Because I mean, we assume that they're... We assume that saying it's live action slash CG. Well, that means it has to be in the human human world. world. Right, yeah. But then it's like, are they going to bother to do the origin story or are they just going to be like, no, this is just just a thing. (laughs) We're just making a story that's in this world. Sonic just hangs out here. I don't think they will. They're probably going to do an origin story of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. I think they will. The real question is, is Dr. Robotnik going to be just a regular guy? Dr. Eggman. Yes. Oh, oh, you mean like a. Oh, are we going to have a Robotnik? 
Oh, what you mean? He'll be in the human world, and something will happen in the human world to turn him into Robotnik, rather than well, no, or he'll just be a bad guy in the human world called in Dr. general. Eggman. Yeah, <laughs> but he's well, got so to he look completely insane. insane. <laughs> so he won't come from Sonic. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. he won't be from Sonic's universe. He'll just be a, a bad guy for Sonic to fight. But they'll do like a Spider-Man or whatever, where he's like just a normal scientist whose funding gets cut, and then he, he runs an experiment himself, and it all goes wrong. Sure, but will that rotten egg left in the fridge? That kind of thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they won't do that. <laughs> that would be He's funny. Fly. He accidentally transmogrifies himself with an egg. I mean, because then that also in, like implies the other question is like, is will Sonic and Doctor Robotnik slash Doctor Eggman be related, or will he just be a bad guy who happens to be called that? Or Eggman. Will the whole Sonic being in the human world situation be due to the formation of Eggman or because of something he did, or will it just be a coincidence and he'll just be a villain to fight? Will they, will, <laughs> will they go down the route of they just like Sonic just calls him Eggman just because and he's and then Robotnik actually hates that or something. I mean they kind of tried to do that thing in the game, except they had to come up with another nickname because <laughs> Eggman is now the canonical name. Mm. <laughs> so they were like, let's make an even worse nickname for Sonic the Gordon that he doesn't like. Just the moustache or something. Beardy McNose hair. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though he doesn't have a beard, it's kind of weird. <laughs> is that what they called him? For a bit, yeah. <laughs> Beardy McNose hair. <laughs> well, where did that name McName thing even come from? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, bored Englishman. Yeah, I guess. Taking yeah. the mick out of the Scots, I guess. I guess so. Scotty McScott face. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with this whole situation, but it's clearly going to be an origin story of some kind. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't... Well, but Will it be Sonic's origin story? Or are they, like, uh, like really being regular hedgehog turns blue and... Well, if you go to use CG, I don't think you can have it be something that already exists in the human world that turns into Sonic. It has to come from another dimension. Mm. <laughs> there has to be a teleporter accident that crosses parallel universes or something. Will it be like human-human world, or will it be Station Square? Uh, it'd be too much effort to make it anything other than just like New York. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Metropolis. Or it will just be completely unspecified. They will never actually say a country or a city name in the entire movie. It will just be like, here's a city that's under attack I mean, by mysterious robots. I mean, there are there are plenty of concepts that I think are actually going to be hard to put in there, right? Like rings, for instance. I bet they... They just, won't even bother. No. Or there'll, or be, it'll be, or there'll be at some point. Yeah, it'll be a cursory <laughs> thing somewhere. Just a, Just a nod to it. But it can't be like important to the world, or, or I mean, it's got to be Chaos Emerald based, right? It has to be Chaos well, Emerald. Yes, but maybe just one. Maybe just one, right? Maybe not seven. Like it's about getting the Chaos Emerald, or or it will just be like they'll just be all together for some reason. <laughs> they'll just have all seven just act as one object, essentially, mm. just for convenience's sake. <laughs> So you don't have to do a stupid montage of getting seven seven characters in various places. Are we going to get Roid's knuckles? Well, that is the question. What design are we going for? <laughs> I really hope it's Roid's knuckles. I mean, also, are there going to be other characters other than Sonic in this situation? Uh, you've got to have tails. 
I guess. At a, at a minimum, you've got to have Tails. <laughs> Otherwise, what Sonic... Oh, I suppose you could have a story where Sonic's just bouncing off someone else. But, yeah, just a guy. <laughs> yeah, like Detective Pikachu and his handler. Or maybe Sonic talks to the animals, and it's he's talking to like a normal dog or something. <laughs> that would be weird. Sonic and Poochie take on the world. Or they just go like full-on pixels, where it's just like, it's not actually sort of real. It's just like, it's just literally the Sonic stuff has appeared directly from the games into the human universe somehow. Right. <laughs> and Robotnik's already established or something. In the or he just appears as well. It's just like the whole parts of the game just mysteriously get transferred into real life. Mm. <laughs> well, so there's like a loop-de-loop in the middle of yeah. Central Park like random rings start appearing everywhere <laughs> for no reason. Oh, I found this delicious golden ring. <laughs> I tried to... I tried to I tried to wear it, but it just sort of pinged into it. It disappeared inside yeah. me somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Bling! And I stabbed my finger. And it came out again. It came out again, yeah. <laughs> A weird FM synthesized noise to go with it. Yeah, that was... Bling! Yeah. Then you're getting into the realm of, like, Five Fantasy Seven and the, the old battle victory theme music joke. Yeah. I mean, that was a good one. That was a good one. But it's like, you can't base a whole movie off that. <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, wasn't it the uh, P-Bar in Scott Pilgrim that had, like, the sonic noises? <laughs> well, a lot of things in Scott Pilgrim had noises from various places. Oh, no, it wasn't the P-Bar. It was, like, the random not-a-clue spinner. Where it's like, he gets it, he gets it. <laughs> or not-a-clue. When he finally realises. I think there were a couple of Sonic references in that film. Yeah, at least. Well, we all look forward to the Sonic movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch it either way. Of course you are. Are you going to get the cinema, though? Damn right, I am. Oh, <laughs> See it in IMAX. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. How many people are going to turn up with, with the Sonic hat? Yeah, that was the question. How many Sonic hats? You? <laughs> I don't have a Sonic hat. Oh, you probably have a Sonic hat, not the Sonic hat. I don't think I do have a Sonic hat. You sure? Yeah. I think you probably had one at some point. Hat? Yeah. I reckon it was probably a Sonic Spinball one. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Somehow I'm having a very specific vision of what this hat looks yeah, like. Yeah, I don't think... I've got a tie. <laughs> like a child's tie that's way too small for anyone to actually wear. Apart from a child, presumably. Yeah, it was an eBay mistake at one point. <laughs> It's like they sent the wrong size. I was like, what? This is way smaller than... Sonic. He can really move. <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> I mean, that would be the best, right? They like, take the dark route right, and they base it on Satam. It's not going to be. It's so, either, yeah. The best you're going to get is just regular Sonic, but it's more likely to be Sonic Boom Sonic. Yeah, that level of humour anyway. Which is fine by me. That would, that would work. Roid's knuckles, though. It's all about that, Roid's knuckles. No, you can't knuckles. No. <laughs> oh, boy. We were testing some... We're thinking about memes. We were testing some stuff at work, and... Uh, um, someone at work was basically just just making some stuff, but they were just filling it with pictures of do- meme dogs, okay. including Doge, of course. Yeah, it was fantastic. 
Anyway, cool story, bro. <laughs> Uh, what else is going on? Um, Are so, you going to get around to playing Sonic Forces at some point? We're we both just waiting for it to be, to be basically no money. Well, it's going to get cheap. And Don't then play we're that. Video series of it, oh, okay. That, that oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Is that, it's on Steam, is it? Or? Yeah, oh, but it's God. still like full price. So. I mean, it won't be in probably the next sale. Yeah, Don't maybe. buy it if, unless it's £2 or less. <laughs> you don't know how bad it is. Might not be <laughs> you don't bad. know. It, it, I definitely it, saw people saying it's like, it's bad, but it's, it's bad. not that bad. <laughs> like, no, I, th- I think from what I remember my like demo experience, I think it's fifty percent bad. Well, as we said, it's maybe like one third good and like two thirds bad. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not a great ratio. So how we describe Sonic Heroes basically is like one third bad, two thirds. More bad. Yeah, but the one third is in every level, <laughs> rather than just <laughs> exactly. one of one of three levels. <laughs> Blame Knuckles. It's all his fault. <laughs> Where else we got? Not much. That uh, Into the Breach is out. That strategy game from the FTL developers. But I'm guessing that Zach is going to be playing that. So. Uh... I'm sure we'll find out his impressions uh, in a future podcast. I didn't actually know what the release date was until I went and looked. Maybe because the page on Steam, they didn't let you pre-order it, which is good for them (laughs) for not doing that. Also, it didn't have a price, though. That was the awkward thing, because I was like, I wonder how much it costs. And I went to the C page, and of course, because it doesn't have a pre-order, you can't see on the C page. I'm going to look up that information elsewhere. But yeah, then I was like, oh, it comes out in like two days. (laughs) Yeah. Good, convenient timing. But high hopes for that. <coughs> well, relatively, I guess. Relatively. It's a bit weird because, like, FDL was obviously awesome, but then it's been so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, can you really trust a dev based on one game and then they haven't done anything since that? I mean, you can to a certain extent, but you really need you need two data points to form an analysis. <laughs> mm. <laughs> form some kind of line. It has been a really long time, in fairness. I mean, they did at least, you know, port FDL successfully. I guess that was some good work. Mm. <laughs> FDL's yeah, pretty great on every platform. And the advanced version, of course. That mm. was also decent. Yeah, by all accounts, the iOS version is pretty solid. The music like in my head now, damn it. Yeah. The plinky plunky noises. The Ben... Drummings or something, something like that. Ben Prunty, that's his name. Good composer. Mm. Good soundtrack. That's the important thing about this game, of course. You gotta still have the if the soundtrack doesn't live up to the thing, that's because that's what you need in this kind in those kind of games, I guess. Mm. Absolutely. That sort of uh, your your favourite genre of like I suppose the, the sort of infinite factory, not in the way, but yeah, still exactly. nice to listen to. The backing music mm. to thinking. <laughs> Music. Next. Uh, that's it. Unless you want to talk okay. about Metal Gear, but I mean, no. I mean, if, if if any of us was gonna was was going to be remotely interested in playing it, it might have been you, right? No, though, obviously not. <laughs> I'm not going to play a non-Kojima Metal Gear game. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw some of the early preview footage of it, and in some ways, it did look like it had promise. 
Well, it's. Right. Got, I don't know. I'm looking at footage and it's like the Fox engine and it looks great. And I'm like, man, mm. I should go back and play like Solid 5 instead. And it makes the sounds and has the look. and Because it's all stolen, all that stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Just recycling it into a stupid zombie game. Dumb. It's survival and you like survival. <laughs> survival sneaking. No, I mean, in Metal Gear Solid 5, it was amazing that you could hold down the sprint button and sprint forever. In this one, <laughs> it's like, you know, you sprint two meters without running out of st- and stamina, and it starts telling you you've run out of stamina and you need to pee. <laughs> really <laughs> yeah. stupid. You've, you've, you've had dirty water, and now you're going to throw up every minute. Screw that. Metal Gear Survive. Right. That's it for news. Not a lot going on. What? No. What is going on is people playing video games. <laughs> is it though? Not entirely sure about that either. People well, let's games. see. Rob, have you been playing any video games? I may have. What video Kinda. games have you been playing? I have been. I put in a bit of a uh, an effort to try and finish Hand of Fate after talking about it last time. Manos. Like... The Hands of Fate. No, unfortunately not. That would be much better, probably. Manos. What, what, what anyway. is this? I'm, uh, I'm missing the reference. Manos, The Hands of Fate is a really, really terrible, low-budget Italian horror film from like the 60s or something, or 70s. And it was it's a famous episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh. Because like the, there's such a long opening sequence where nothing happens and they just drive, drive around the countryside that the robots just <laughs> and have nothing to joke about. So they just start saying the name of the movie over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> the hands of fate. Anyway, it's terrible. Watch it. <laughs> my, my favorite recommendation. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 I thought I was starting to get towards the end of that uh, previously on Hands of Fate too. I was, you know, starting to get a little, little fed up with it, and uh, some of its um, shortcomings were uh, getting, getting more increasingly annoying as the game went on. Um, and I, but I didn't think I was that far from the end, so I sort of thought I'd plow on and try and get to it. Like game house stays, it's welcome. It's it's quite a lot longer than I thought it was. There were there was more stuff just kept unlocking as I got through it, and it's like there's another chance. Oh, by the way, after this one, there's another one, and you're like, wait, so wait, wait what? How, how have you got so many? Um, yeah, to the point where I do think it's a bit long, and that sort of um, that third quarter, I think I was touching upon last time and had to slog through this time, is probably the worst section in the game where it's not really introducing enough new. And, but at the same time, the uh, challenges suddenly take a massive difficulty spike into the weird zone where, like, one wrong decision can screw the run. Oh no! Um, severely until you do it again, and there's a bit of trial and error involved. And while well, there was one of those earlier on um, as well, there's there was one in particular that was just, how do I solve this? Like, what do I do differently? And it, it was literally a case of going through it and picking a couple of different choices. And you could do it. Um, and then as it turns out, a very... This is where I, I sort of have uh, have a, a bit of a love-hate relationship with this game because that the, like some of those challenges have gold and silver uh, targets where you get the silver just for finishing it and the gold one normally requires you finishing it well or finishing it with a certain condition. And this particular challenge where it basically ends in the... If you do it badly, ends in an impossible scenario, you can't win. 
if you do it, if you make a different choice, you get you can get the silver scenario fairly easily. But getting the gold scenario actually requires some out of the box thinking and using some of the cards that you used very early in the game to your advantage. To uh, I'm trying to pick my words carefully here, not to be too spoilery, but uh, this is a bit of a spoiler in itself. I was going to say bridge the gap in interesting ways between mm. things like that, and it's. Actually, when you when I, when, I, when you stop and think about it, it's like, oh, that's actually really clever. You've used your card game mechanics in an ingenious way and made it made a puzzle out of how you would solve this to get to get the gold scenario, um, and that fits well into the game's themes about how the dealer is supposedly training you up to to be good at this thing, and it's like and using what all that you have learned to to make progress and things like that. And it's like, I see what you're doing there. That's that's pretty smart design. I like that. It's a shame the challenge it's wrapped in is a, is garbage, but but your gold solution is neat. Um, Three stars for effort. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and uh, uh, and and as you get towards the, the uh, move move towards the sort of later challenges in the game, some of those actually become a bit more interesting. And the, and uh, I maintain that the card element of that game still has a decent appeal. It, I, like all the way throughout, that element of the game is still fascinating to me. Um, even if it doesn't land all the time, I think the concept and the expansions they've done to the card side of the game are good. Are good. Uh, but I went through a real rut with the like I I was already falling out with the combat, but I went through a real rut with it where it was just like it, it it ramps up, it escalates to a point where all of the problems I was talking about before just hit a whole another level where things just feel like they are not working. Um. Just it. flat, just flat out broken in places. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've, everything I talked about before, like hitboxes being weird and timings occasionally being impossible to, for you to succeed in, all of that just just escalated to the point where I'd seen things where I'd be hit by projectiles, having evaded out of the way. Um, I got hit by someone who got pushed out of like, who went into the green, you know, in Batman, um, um, you'd get like people who are attacking you and it would be like, you could press the counter button to get out. Yeah. Um, yeah, You in, were saying, in, yeah. Yeah. In hand of fate, that's like a green indicator. Um, so they would do a green attack. Um, and I would ready my, uh, Oh no, they would do a green attack, but something would happen that would push them basically all the way off the other side of the screen. Like I'd get my teammate to come and charge through and they'd hit them. Um, or another enemy would get in the way and sort of push things about. So they would basically be quite a long distance away from me. But because they've initiated that attack, sometimes the game is all like, this is connecting unless you deal with it. So they got pushed away. I didn't defend, thinking right, oh, that's right. no longer a threat, and still got hit by it, like almost a screen's width away. And it's like, oh, really? <laughs> just moments where things like that just go very wrong and feel very bad. And it's Sounds like, like I that thought I was, countering system is just not really working for you. It just doesn't work. Yeah, like as I said, the animation timing thing is a pain in the ass. There were moments towards the end where I was getting attacked by both a green and a red attack at the same time, and the red attacks are evade. So I, it was less. I was left in the position where it's like, well, what do I do? The green attacks you can't really evade all that successfully, but the red attacks I have to evade. So I guess my choice is evade. Oh look! I got hit by the green attack. What a surprise! <laughs> it's just like that started happening towards the end of the game. So I'm not sure it's supposed to, but it did. Uh, and uh, I guess major spoiler alerts for the end of that for the end of the game. The last 
challenge is nothing but combat. There is no card element to it. Oh, right. So they've been building up the mechanic the whole way along and then just ditch it right at the end. And then ditch it for the last fight. And they do sort of bring that out in in the confrontation that you have. It, like they make they make a statement about it and it's like, oh, and and the fight itself isn't even all that interesting, even compared to the final boss fight against the dealer from the first game, which was a sort of cool twist on it. It's like you've played this card game as a little little statuette of yourself bouncing around the table and it's like, oh no, you're actually on the table now. Ha ha. <laughs> uh have a, have a fight there and it's like that was a cool ending though that first game um sure none of that this time none of that and there's not even a secret there is a sort of secret story ending but it's not a different encounter so you're... yeah there's enough that. so i suppose cards have two faces and this is very much one of those i <laughs> i do i do want them to carry on with this because i do I, the concept is is still great and I love what they've done. I love what they do with the card stuff. But they, they're just, oh, that combat, it needs to go or be replaced with something. or And definitely don't use the weakest part of the game for the whole ending. Yeah, just doesn't sit right with me. And like, I, I went, I, I do what I normally do with like, okay, so like once I finish them, I'll go and read some reviews on it just to see what, see if my opinions sit with others. And I seem to be in the minority. People seem to think the combat is much improved over the first one. And I, I mean, it, there's more in the sense that there are more weapon types and like the review said there were more enemy types, but I'm not even sure about that. Like to me, it doesn't really feel that different from the first game. It's like, I don't get yeah. that viewpoint. It's still, it was weak then and it's weak now. So yeah, I, I don't agree with the critics on this. Like, but but yeah, to commend it, the dealer is still awesome. All the way through, great voice acting, music design is great, visual design is great. I kind of want that to be like they don't do the thing that the first game does, and, and like the thing I I miss. Right, I, I I spent the entire time thinking there would be a challenge where it would be a bit more like a roguelike, where you're going into it with um, no preparation. And you're just going to get like a randomized set of things. Like every card the game could throw at you, it will throw at you in a single challenge. But that doesn't exist. I kind of wanted to be like, oh, I could get any of the stuff from my equipment pile, or I could come across any encounter that I've unlocked so far in this run and make that a challenge. So I thought that, yeah. that could be kind of interesting. But the game sure. really doubles down on this idea of like, here's a set of parameters. This challenge is a limited set of things that can happen to you. You can prepare to the extent where you have some control over what other things can happen to you to the point where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm probably going to be screwed for health quite a lot in this run. So I need to bring a lot of cards that could result in healing with yep. the word could being important there. Oh, and maybe I'll bring the equipment I could discover could be ones of healing powers, things like that. So you can prepare all that. And, so, and, and in some challenges, that's great. Cause that means that gives you the advantage. You can outsmart the challenge a little bit by doing that. But I did sometimes just want this. There's so much stuff. Throw all of it at me, please. I yeah. want to be surprised. And it doesn't do that. So I felt a little down, a little let down by that. Maybe that's DLC or something. I, know, I see there was a, there's an update to it, like, a free update. Yeah, I guess it, that could happened. make sense as DLC, right? Just to sort of... Yeah, just like an, a mode where it throws yeah. everything at you. Because I think that would be cool. Uh, yeah, 
And that's it, really. End of fake two. I'm not sure I'll go. I d- it did. It had that annoying effect that sometimes happens to me when I finish a game, where I immediately go back into it, having thought leading up to it. It's like I just want to finish this, <laughs> and then I finish it, and I go, "Oh, oh actually, I want to play some more." <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have moved on. I have started other things. What else have you been playing? I've nearly finished Eats Munchies. Thank God. After we did that video of it. It's not a very long game. Not that many puzzles. Well, no. It didn't seem like it was. Um, it's a classic sort of... I guess what must have been early touchscreen uh, guide thing to food puzzle game. Like, Do you remember like games like Don't what, what, Cut the Rope and things like that? Where yeah. Food to Om Nom and things like that. Yeah, this is sort of in that vein, I suppose, where you're placing items in a world and then um, manipulating them while while it's live, I suppose, or going to then help your dude get the food. Your food uh, dude. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's one of those. It's sort of well-made. It's quite easy. I think that puzzle we struggled with at the end of the video is possibly the hardest one in the game. Well, it's because it used a bad a mechanic. we didn't realise, yeah. Um. <laughs> And then the mystery puzzles at the end of the game what could also be considered fairly difficult because they use pieces you don't discover in the rest of the world and don't really describe them to you, so you've got to figure them out. Um, they're like extras, and they they don't have any treats to get. It's just get the cake in those because they're hard. And there's only one of those I haven't figured out yet because it does seem, does seem impossible at the moment. I don't know how to do it. Um, but anyway, yeah, that game's all right. It's all right. Uh, but I suppose the big thing I've started playing, big thing, quote unquote, is uh, I started playing Recore Definitive Edition. Aha, uh-huh. Recore. On the Xbox. Uh, so, a little history lesson, I suppose. Uh, Recore, Recore came out. tell us more. Recore, tell us more. Woo-hoo. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so I suppose a little history about this. This is one of those games that came out of Concept, uh, which is. Inafune? Is that the guy? The Mega Man guy. Anyway, uh, it went on to make Mighty Number no. Nine and that kind of and that garbage. So it's like his like ideas factory came up with this uh, and then brought Armature on board, who are the who are ex Retro people, uh, Retro Studios. You know the Metroid Prime guys. Yeah, Metroid Prime. Uh, to to make this thing, uh, it released a couple of years ago now. And everyone thought it was basically unfinished when it did, um, with it being nice in ideas but bad in execution in terms of bugginess and a horrendous, uh, a badly de- let's call it a poorly designed end game grind, uh, where the uh, criticisms levied at it, um, and just generally unfinished because there was clearly content in it that had been cut and wasn't there. Um, to the point where, you know, one of the robot friends you can have in it, there was a placeholder for it in the menus, and that menu item was never filled. <laughs> Things like that. Right. Clear, clearly unfinished. Clearly unfinished. Um, so here comes the uh, the definitive edition, which supposedly puts all that stuff in and actually <laughs> finishes the Definitive, i.e. the edition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one that should have come out. Uh, like a year later after its original release. So uh, everyone gets that for free as it turns out. So, you know, even though I've only got a Good. normal edition copy of Recore, 
uh, yeah, it just the game just when I put it in my Xbox, it immediately said, "Oh yeah, the definitive edition. I'll get that for you." And it's like, okay then, let's do that. Uh, so yeah, it's basically like a, a third person uh, actiony game uh, where where you're sort of you're on a, uh, a a planet called Far Eden, which is supposed to have like Earth like properties and uh, a reasonable amount of minerals to it to try and help humanity survive. And it's as as the Earth is dying or something, one of those classic storylines. And so in the, uh, the the whole mission is to terraform the planet, basically. Um, and there's been this uh, some advancements in AI technology called uh, Corebots that are designed to uh, you know help uh, help do the 200 year mission to terraform the planet into something that humans could actually live on comfortably. Corebots. Um, yeah, and this was all supposed to happen autonomously, uh, except something's gone wrong, and we've been woken up at the end of the 200 years, and it seems like things haven't quite gone to plan. Um, we were supposed to have been woken up earlier if there were problems and things like that to help di- to, to deal with it as the maintenance crews. But didn't happen. Um, but that didn't happen. Um, so, and the game sort of just drops you in it. It doesn't really explain a lot of that up front. It just like says, hey, you're, you're called Jewel. You're a girl on a sand planet with a robot dog. Here's some stuff to shoot. Uh, and then that stuff kind of gets eked out a little bit through disembodied voiceover <laughs> um so you, you you sort of learn that that's what's happened after a little while um you know fairly standard premise i suppose uh, an excuse to be on a inhospitable planet with robots so what kind of is, is it like a first third person game yeah so it's, th- it's third person you sort of like always like you know uh it, it's 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 hard to describe really it is like if metroid prime was in third person the control is fairly similar like you you move around as as you would like a a platformer i guess like most of the time with like a double jump and a dash mechanic and it's um you know the traversal of the world is is an important element to it um and then how you use your robot buddies to help with that then becomes elements which does the metroid thing of meaning you can now access different areas because you've got more skills to help you get to places which is fine everything you'd expect but the interesting part to me is when it goes combat, it uses a Metroid-style lock-on targeting. Ah. So you're not like you're not like playing it like a third-person shooter. You're holding a trigger to lock on to enemies, meaning your then primary focus is when to shoot, the affinity or color of your shots. Aha! To just do different the, uh, damage. Caraga style. Well, or like the the various beam forms in in Metroid Prime. And also makes it, puts the emphasis on you having, you know, not aiming your shots. You then have to worry about basically dodging the enemy's fire. So the whole thing ends up feeling very Metroidy, which I kind of dig. Um, it's, it's very clearly Armature sort of going back to having made. I think they made that PS Vita Batman game and some other bad things. If it, this feels like them going, okay, let's let's sort of go with what we know, right? And it works. Uh, like I, 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 I really enjoy that side of that, this side of it. I think it's actually quite well executed. I think it's less well executed when you get enemies that are a bit more melee focused and like to charge you down because then there's several of them surrounding you and it's a bit tricky to keep track of everything in that sort of, uh, you know, 3D environment camera fied sort of way. It can be a bit irritating like that. Um, and also there seems to be a bit of a, 
the combat seems to focus a little bit on you picking a target and sticking with it until you kill it because enemies seem to be able to heal themselves heal themselves a little bit so it doesn't really benefit you to be jumping between targets pick one and take that out first um so it's yeah i think some of that some of the melee stuff is a little bit off but you don't really have a melee you just have your gun and you shoot things and your robot companion that can occasionally do some stuff as well to help you out and it's i think it's actually quite well made like that side of it is fun and it sounds pretty good yeah so I, I guess so far, I'm not that far into it. I'm like three hours into it at the moment. And as I say, I'm, di- I'm digging all that stuff so far. It's got some light puzzle elements in the world, like where you have to go, like, here's, here's a door you have to get through, go find all the things in the environment to go open this door. Yada, yada, yada. Somewhat standard stuff. Um, but then there are, there are like these optional places I've discovered where like uh, I've only been able to get into one, but it turned out it was a massive traversal challenge where there's a lot of floating platforms, a bit like a Mario in space acapella land, you know, kind of thing where it's like, here's, here's straight up a gauntlet, just get through it. Um, which has been kind of okay. Although the targets for that challenge seem really, really hard. If I want to unlock the other special stuff that it has like really hard. So I'm, I'm guessing I have to come back to it later when I've got more abilities, maybe if I get abilities that are useful. Uh, so it's got this side stuff going on as well. And it's, it's, and it's got some like key doors, I suppose, which are like where the late game grind problems supposedly come from, where you have to have a certain number of these prismatic cores to get through doors. And it's basically forcing you to go do some other side stuff to make sure you've got a certain level. You've hit a certain requirement to be like, okay, now you can go do this thing. The prismatic corridors. Prismatic corridors. Yeah. But you haven't got that far to feel that. Kind I haven't of got that far grind. yet. No, and there's like a there's loot mechanics where you can get blueprints and scavenge for materials for uh, upgrading your robot guys and things like that as well to worry about. Um, uh, and there's a sort of like to and fro between you can either destroy enemies to get their materials or you can extract their cores, which give you like upgrade points basically for uh, feeding into your robot buddies uh, to upgrade their stats. And things like that. So you've, there's a bit of a play on: Do I go for the materials right now? Is that what's more important to upgrade my guys' uh, base stats, or is it more important to go for the cores and uh, and and just give me the the upgrade points directly? Um, which is, again seems relatively well balanced. But I have to get to the but. I know I'm only three it hours comes. in. It's a but, raw review. <laughs> well, there's not too much negative really to talk about. No, it sounds but. But there are some buts. One, it's te- technically, at least on the Xbox, doesn't hold up. Like I think it's got an okay look to it, and, it and and the sense of style is is kind of fun. Um, but it has extraordinary loading times. They are, they are they are quite lengthy as you as you're moving between areas. Um, it does that thing where it's like it's not like one big open world. It's got like several split out areas and mini dungeons and things. And going into a mini dungeon or fast traveling is is meets you with a lengthy loading pause. Um, the frame rate is often very shonky. <laughs> like it doesn't hold a solid thirty. It, it is very frequently dipping below, um, which 
isn't too much of a problem in reality, but it's there. Um, but most importantly, are the game-breaking bugs, of which I've already seen two. God damn it. Yeah. How bad so are it's they? still... Well, game-breaking, so really bad. Well, uh, game-breaking to the point where I've had to reload a save, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, not, like, buggy in the sense of, oh, that's that's silly, or I've just walked through a wall I shouldn't have, that's fine. It's like, no, no, I've actually had to reload to deal with this problem that shouldn't have occurred. Uh, one of which being I managed to jump inside a crystal. Oh, couldn't no. get out of it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have been able to climb this thing. And then it just popped me inside it. And it's like, oh, great. Now I'm stuck. Brilliant. Reload the save. And the second one was a bit more frustrating because it was after a little bit of combat. And there's this um, one of the cell bots, which are the things you're supposed to take back to like things to help power them up so you can move forward in the environment. It just decided to stop following me, so I yeah, couldn't put it in. Oh yeah, so I couldn't put it in the thing to progress, and the room had closed itself off, so there was no way out of the room. I was stuck. Reload that save. And it's like they 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 may sound like fairly minor things, but it's like if it's happened to like twice already in the in, in in the few hours that i've played it yeah not that long yeah and, and this doesn't bode all that well it's not like I could, I could even go back to the cell bot and be like hey guy hey mate I'm, I'm right here you can start following me again now the combat's over I just just sat there just chilling so i managed to stand in- in, on someone's head and in the cic of the normandy and <laughs> So I had to reload a save because <laughs> I couldn't get on this guy's. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it happens to the best games, but maybe once every forty hours, not not. Yeah, not not once per hour, which seems like the current rate. Um, I would say some of the environment design doesn't always work out quite so well. Like one of the what robot buddies you get, uh, or the second robot buddy I've got, I haven't got the others yet. Um, is Seth the Spider Guy, who, if you remember from the trailers, he was the one that you could latch on to basically morph ball tracks and it would take you through t- uh, it would, you'd be able to traverse along that track uh, and then it thro- he throws you off at the end of the track um, you know jumping into places you couldn't normally get to but there are some of those the, the very first time you use one of those there's actually a relatively tricky um, set of them like a set of, set of jumps and chained together tracks um, that seem a bit a bit like oh right you want me to do this relatively annoying sequence of jumps the first time I use this thing. Okay. All right. That the seems first moment you're introduced to the thing. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, that seems a little harsh. Uh, and one of the jumps is actually kind of awkward. And it's like, cause it's sort of off the top of this, uh, uh, above where your normal vision is, I suppose, as you're jumping along. So the first time I did it, I totally didn't see where I had to go. And then it's like, oh, okay, right. So now if I come off this jump, I actually need to double jump out of it and dash towards it and then hope I'm in range to actually then attach the thing to it, which you just about are. And that took a few attempts to get right. And it's like, this is the first time I'm using this, guys. And you've, and you've made it tricky. It's like, perhaps perhaps you've got a pacing problem here in terms of... How yeah, you, like a difficulty how, how you, curve. Yeah, how you've, how you've laid out your environment. It doesn't quite work. Um 
Oh, and then there was a jump where I didn't know where to go. So I thought, oh, I could jump on this giant structure in the middle of this place. And then, clearly, that was not where I was supposed to go because I just fell right through and died. Um, <laughs> there, there was actually another another spider route I could take that it was just not quite obvious where it was. It took me a little looking around to actually see where I was supposed to go. Yeah, so so you know, there, there, this thing has flaws, but I like the cut of its jib. If you know, if you see what I mean, I like yeah, what it's. Yeah, I like what it's. I definitely like what it's trying to do. It's a bit hand of fatey, let's put it that way. I, I like what it's trying to do, but I'm a bit worried it's not going to stick the landing. Need a bit more playtesting, a bit more care mm. and attention. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to keep going. I'd like it, you know, that, that three hours I played, I've, I've played, I played in one sitting and enjoyed it. So, uh, you know, the, I've, I've got the urge to keep going. It's fine. I want to figure out what this world is about. I want to figure out what's, got, what's gone wrong. Except you might not. <laughs> Except you might not, yeah. Which is the trouble, because I seem to remember that was something that the review said at the time. I do. Like, it's so unfinished that the story doesn't really do anything. It just I, sort of stops. Yeah, I do remember that as well. Uh, but it just <coughs> just kind of ends, is the worry. Uh, so again, maybe like Hand of Fate, this is another game that perhaps deserves a sequel. But give them the time to actually make it this time. Anyway, I'll carry on, uh, and that's pretty much me. I just yeah, want to, want to talk about that because it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Intriguing. Like, this there is something about this that uh, I guess it's the modern equivalent of a B tier game, right? Like, it, like there's some there's something intriguing about the game that is trying something interesting, even if it doesn't quite stick it. It's yeah, it's 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 still it's still interesting to work your way through. Cool. That is me. Uh, it's time for Zachary D. Burgess. Yep. <laughs> Banana. Bonanza. Is it? Isn't it the B movie? Right, where the character's called Barry B. Benson, isn't it? Yes, it is. That is his name. Wait. Really? Presumably B spelt B, right? That's because that's B, the joke. I'm guessing the B yeah. well, as in the B movie about bees. Yes. The yeah. B movie. Yeah. Yeah. It is B spelled movie. B. Yeah. It's like Homer J. Simpson. What does the J stand for? Do we actually know what Homer's J? Yeah, it was in an episode. It was stands that? for J A Y J. Oh, J. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty great. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that great. It's a bit <laughs> obvious. A bit obvious, yeah. Oh, I like it. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, he goes on a mission to find his mother to find out what what his actual name is because he doesn't know. Except that he does know all along. That's the mm. that's the joke. <laughs> har har. Hardy har har. Well, you've been playing uh, Mr. B. Well, I'm in the, that annoying situation again where I'm like several things I'm waiting for patches for before I can play them. <laughs> like I'm, I want to play more Subnautica and. and finish that off properly, but they still haven't patched it so the ending achievements work. Right. I'm still waiting for that badge. I did end up playing it a little bit more, just like found a few extra bits and pieces that I hadn't happened across. Because when I thought about it and like looked at a couple of the terrible JPEG maps people have made, because there's no actual map <laughs> in the game, of course, once I looked at those, I was like, I guess I never really went over in that part of the map, so maybe that explains why I didn't see some of the stuff that people talked about occasionally 
and there's still stuff that I haven't seen. So it's just like, I guess there's still reason to not do anything in particular in that game. But I really would like the patch so, to make the ending achievements work so I can just get those done. Have that game 100% because the achievements are actually like not difficult in any way. They're all pretty much just story progress. So it kind of sucks that the last two don't work, so you can't actually have it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the other annoying patch that I've been waiting for is another patch for Factorio, because once it once the point one six patch came out, which the main thing about that was that they did a it was another round of the high res of the graphics, but this time it was like the terrain. Mm. So it actually looks quite significantly different. Mm. And also there was a couple of like new mechanics in that but the main thing about it was behind the scenes there was a lot of optimization but one of the bugs that, that optimization introduced is one that i know would really annoy me to do with like getting stuff fully compressed on belts like getting items close enough together on belts there's, the belts. there's a variety of bugs surrounding that and it's, it's like they've very gradually been being picked off but there's still one left and it may be fixed in the next patch but maybe not hmm. So I'm still waiting for that patch to happen before I can actually go into that version of Factorio. Well, don't know if I'll actually play a whole game in that version of Factorio again. There are moments like like what you're describing here with these these sorts of bugs and having to sort of do the iter- iterative approach of, oh, I needed to change some back-end stuff to optimize its performance. So then we changed, but that then ended up breaking all the stuff, but I need to fix that stuff because that stuff's, because we're in early access and this game needs to be playable. Where I wonder if it was like a more traditional dev cycle, where if th- those some of these bugs were just like, you know what, we can leave those till the end. I've got more important things to work on right now, well, but we're going to fix them now because well, people the, are playing this. Probably the bigger problem in that situation, and it has been for Factorio with these belt bugs, is that like people have been playing it for so long that everyone expects it to work like that. Mm. So as soon as it doesn't work like that, it's like, well, you have to make it work like that again. You can't just have this become the new normal. Yeah, that, I mean, that is... That <laughs> Even is... if it's not technically a bug, maybe. Yeah. You can't leave that like that because it's not how it used to work. I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but this is uh, this is where I do start to have a bit of a problem with early access. It's, like, it's not on the community to define how the game should play. It's on the devs. Because um, yeah. it's early access, it's, it's that like, has been the discussion. Yeah. But the, the thing about the, the fact this specific thing about belt compression in Factorio is like the way it used to work was the way you'd expect it to work in sort of the vague video game logic of physics. It's like the whole idea of well, the main one that was bugging me, which apparently has been fixed now, but there's like a sub bug that still hasn't been fixed, which will will also annoy me. Is like if you're if you've got a conveyor belt that's going along, and then you make a T-junction where another belt runs onto it. The way it used to work is it would just shove the items onto the belt and it would fill it up, which makes sense, kind of. I mean, it's it's still a distraction because the objects are sitting perfectly on this belt, and it's not... Because in real life, if you have, like, side loading onto a belt, it's just like you've got these weird shover, like, angled bits of metal that rearrange stuff to make it actually work in real life, mm. in real physics. But it made sense from a factory perspective, where it's just like if you're putting stuff sideways onto onto another belt, it would just fill it up until its maximum capacity. The objects would go in there as fast as they could, and that made sense. But then when they fixed, when they patched it, and that stopped working, it was like you can't. It, it doesn't make sense for a, from like a vague real world sense uh, as well as how it used to work in the game sense. <laughs> And it's the same thing about some of the other stuff that they've recently been fixing, like weird 
underground belt things that people were using that were sort of exploits but it's just like we could fix we could we could fix it to remove the exploit but then everyone who used the exploit before would be annoyed so we we have to come to some kind of compromise between this mechanic that should work easily but didn't but then the way people solved it was an exploit but we fixed the exploit <laughs> so yeah that's the annoying thing about letting people play to and there's a whole other situation to do with like this the fluid wagon for transporting fluids on trains mm. it got something intro- about that sounds fluid like, wagon so, so disgusting to me my fluid wagon it got introduced not that long ago in the grand scheme of factory i guess so it was a fairly new thing because you used to you used to put like oil and stuff into barrels and then put barrels in a regular normal cargo train because the barrels were like an item, so you could just put them in the regular item slots, like you would a chest or whatever. But that, then they introduced the actual fluid wagon, where you just pipe, you just pump the fluids into it, and then it tra- transports it like you would expect a real fluid wagon to. <laughs> but then, so the f- weird thing about that was, it had a feature where a real fluid wagon. You're a real fluid wagon. <laughs> yeah, it had a feature where it was a f- thing that was like. A weird like well it had a feature where you could click on the fluid wagon and it was it looked visually like it was made of free tanks basically like the tanks that you place separately as a building it looked like it was basically three of those welded together which makes sense from the fact where like you're making this shit out of you know welding bits of metal together however you can essentially that sort of made sense that you make a fluid train by just jamming free storage tanks onto a wagon. So that made sense visually. But then it also had a feature where you could click on that and you could separate them so you could store like three different things on the same train. Hmm. But it was like toggleable so you could have one whole train of one thing or you could have like two thirds of one thing and one third of the other or you could separate all three. And it was like that was a random extra feature that was introduced. But then re- in the recent patches, they took that out. And one of the devs was like, we should never have implemented that feature because we weren't sure that we wanted it. Hmm. And it was, but because this is early access and this is essentially testing, right, they yeah. put it in without, without being 100% certain that they wanted it to be there. To, and see, then they to were like, see what the reaction was, I guess. Well, not really to yeah. see what the reaction was. It was more like they just... They just weren't sure. Well, was, or they just, like, they just uploaded the, the patch and were just like, I guess... That's work for the day or something. I guess it just it just got in there without maybe being fully discussed between all the team members or whatever. Oh, maybe. I, see, I see what you mean. Right, someone just checked it in. Yeah, yeah. And then, so and then when they took that out, of course, everyone was super. Well, not everyone. A lot of people were super pissed, and it was just like you're removing this feature. But then the devs were like, we never, we weren't 100 percent sure this was ever going to be a feature. So. Mm. And it's not technically necessary, and not many people actually use it or whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's like that's the trouble with early access changing of mechanics. Yeah, you got you got to cut. Fe- I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, a normal dev cycle got to cut features at some point. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, when it's in the open and users are expecting it now, it's yeah. kind of annoyed. Just become difficult. And it was one of those things where it seemed where it was like, was it really necessary to cut that? Because they, he did I mean, say, where it's like, was it working well enough before? Yeah. That, was there was there any was particular there reason, reason not to, to keep it? Yeah. Okay. It's just added complexity, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the thing that the dev said was like, it would be another bit of GUI we'd have to rewrite in the future when we do that. 
exactly. just another little bit of extra work on top of everything else that we do. And, I, and because not many people were using it, it's just like you might as well remove that to save some work. <laughs> I think it's the Factorio team then, and are they full time on this? Yeah, they are. I mean, it's I don't know how many actually it is, but it sounds like it can't be many small, given the speed. Ten ish. Yeah. <laughs> Ten. That's still more than I was expecting, to be honest. Well, they have. They definitely have specific people doing like, right, like a graphics least two guy. artists. Right. Yeah. It's not like ten. <laughs> not coders. just ten programmers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. So yeah, there's that. I'm still waiting for that patch. So what I've actually played. Well, the first thing I actually played was just, like in this waiting for patch situation. I was just like, I don't know what to do, so I just went into Terraria for some reason. <laughs> okay, so, uh, I can always play some more Terraria. An old faithful, yeah. or or play Terraria again, I guess, mm-hmm. because going back to an old world would be kind of weird. Although you know, I played the start of that game so many times, it's very automatic. It's like mm-hmm. I know exactly what I need. Where I'm like, I have to, if I go to this place, I have to find this one specific item and then that will let me get the equipment that I actually want, I guess. Do things in a certain order. Go to the sky islands and get the items from there so you can negate fall damage and double jump. Get the rocket boots so you can move fast. <laughs> All the standard stuff. And then I didn't really, didn't re- I was, because the other reason I, Guess I went into Terraria's because I was briefly looking at achievements on my Steam and I was looking at Terraria's achievements because there was a, quite a few that I hadn't got and I didn't remember why. I went to look that in and it was all stuff from like what I guess you'd call the, the end game content, mm. like the hardest events and bosses that, that I never got around. To. I never got around to doing solo and we got close to doing some of them in, in the multiplayer that I played at some point, but I don't think we. You never actually pulled it off. Well, the thing about it was that there seemed to be more achievements there than I remember that we were missing. Right. Like, I thought we were only missing, like, two, but there's, like, 17 achievements or something. Right, like, maybe they added something. Yeah, I, I think there was at least one thing that definitely got added since that time when I played multiplayer. But, yeah. but I So I was looking at that, and I was like, oh, maybe I can go back and get some of these achievements. But, of course, you can't really, unless I... Well, a just doing it solo would be a lot harder because that was that was maybe why we got we got as many of those achievements as we did because having multiple people does actually definitely help mm. when you're fighting the ridiculous end game stuff in Factorio. So yeah, I couldn't actually get. I got one more achievement, but that was it was a achievement for like progress of something. It was like doing the site, doing the little fishing quests, the daily fishing quests. And that was just like, those are easy, but I just hadn't done enough of them. So I got that achievement. <laughs> so that's at least one more. Hmm. Any news on Terraria 2? No. Or not what I've heard, hmm. I guess. And the other mysterious Terraria, Terraria game, but still, again, not any news about that either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where did Starbound get to? I mean, you know, that... I mean, at version one, right? Yeah, ages ago. Mm. There was... There was a... The most... I think there was a... There was a blog post in, like, uh, October, maybe? Where they talked about what they were doing, what they were working on for the next patch, because they're, you know, still post-release trying to put more stuff in it. Mm. So they had that post in October, and then apparently 
it wasn't mentioned anywhere on the official site, but according to what people were reading on various Twitters, the community <laughs> all the Twitters, the community manager who regularly made those blog blog, co- blog posts left the team. Mm. So that would explain why there weren't any more blog posts right. until like like the start of February, where one of the other devs was like, oh, I made a blog post about what we're working on. And then, then he said the classic thing of like, it's been a little while since the last blog post. It's like, yeah, it's been like four months. Because <laughs> I think I've talked about it before on the podcast, a long nearer to release of Starbound, how there was that whole situation where they're like, we're going to update this blog every two weeks or every oh, week yeah, or whatever. Yeah, they yeah. never yeah. did. They could never manage it. <laughs> but also, it doesn't seem like much progress has been made in those last four months. So I don't know. Starbound is in that situation where they, might, they might never seem to succeed succeed in their goal of putting stuff in it fast enough to con- to make it real post-release support. Right, yeah. Like, especially for that kind of game where, you, like, the content is randomly generated, but once you've seen it, once you've seen it. Mm. <laughs> not in, still not quite enough depth to keep the the, uh, the RNG that interesting. Yeah, it's not like enough, the con- the not enough mechanics, essentially. Yeah, it, the, it, the, con- the constraints of the RNG are just, or the procedural generation are just a, not as interesting as you need them. No, and like no man's sky, <laughs> not quite that bad. <laughs> and there wasn't really any point to building stuff, I guess. Even mm. once they tried to introduce town systems, like how Terraria has, I suppose that was the other thing that I did when I played Terraria, where it's just like I'm not even going to bother to try and build a fancy town. It's just going to be a just going to be a big screen full of perfectly s- symmetrical and similar rooms, which is a square wooden box with a table and a chair in it, because that's all NPCs need. <laughs> not going to do any design work it's just a <laughs> hole <laughs> I hope that's what you called it welcome to the hole the only thing that you kind of do need to do to some extent in Terraria when you're thinking about design is the boss arena you want a nice place to fight bosses mm. particularly because there's certain like items that you can put in a boss arena to actually make it more functional like the first one you get right at the start is you have a campfire and it gives you health regeneration near the campfire. So it's like, obviously, you put a campfire in the middle of your boss arena. But then there's other ones where it's like you can get a heart lantern that also gives you health regeneration, but that it stacks with the campfire. So you want that as well. And then mm. there's like the mana regeneration one. And then as you kill enemies, what, every 50th of one type of enemy you kill, you get a banner that gives you a buff against that specific enemy. So once you've done certain events a couple of times, you get those banners and you put those up in, the, in your fighting arena. <laughs> And then, like, you want from the bosses, you want like platforms that you can stand on but aren't solid, so you can shoot down and up, right, jump sure. up and down to jump, evade. jump through them. Yeah. So that's the main bit of design of a terrarium. I didn't bother at all with the town. It was just like only the boss arena matters. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. I thought you sort of found the bosses in the map, like, or some of them you do. Or some you of them didn't you... have to goad them into your arena. Or... No, yeah. So I mean, some of them just won't leave whatever they spawn in. So you do kind of have to. Some sometimes you have to construct an arena in that specific area, <laughs> just depending on how difficult it is to manage the specific bosses. What, More, build, build while he's hanging about? No, or like prep the area because you right. know where you're going to be fighting. The, the early example is the corruption where you have to fight the 
the boss of the corruption in in the corruption. Mm. But since the corruption is formed of these like giant crevices that go straight down, you just slap some pil- some platforms in that, and it essentially becomes a vertical boss arena, <laughs> mm. which is good enough to fight that early game boss. <laughs> but later, when you get into the hard mode bosses, those are where you might have to actually build very specific arenas. Mm. Mainly, the, like there's the big boss of the jungle. Only you will fight you in the jungle, so you pretty much have to hollow out an arena in the jungle to fight that in. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. That's just kind of that's kind of neat that it's basically Terraria using its building mechanics as part of its gameplay rather than just being yeah like something you can do. Yeah, it's, it's all tied together. Yeah, that's neat. Because I'd forgotten one of the reasons why my boss arena in this playthrough sucked, or not playthrough, <laughs> game sucked, was like I'd forgotten about how you can have a... If you find a statue, a heart statue, and you wire it up to a, to a, like a timer switch that just pulses every second or whatever, the heart statue actually generates health pickups. Hmm. So you can implement that into your boss arena as well to basically have like a health station hmm. that you can just like run yeah, past cool. occasionally to get health back. That's, yeah, that's neat. And there's various other, like... It's weird how the, there's various ones of those statues that are active statues, essentially, where if you wire them up, they do things when you trigger them. There's ones that teleport NPCs around, or ones that just, like, create enemies. <laughs> hmm. Although, unfortunately... Well, it was it's weird, because you can create enemies, and initially I was like, oh, so, you know, farming, obviously. F- farm enemies. But, like... Enemies that are spawned from the statues don't drop money, but they will still drop items that they're meant to drop. Mm. So there was a situation where I I knew I needed this one specific item, and I I couldn't remember where it came from, so I was just like, fuck, I'll just look at the wiki. And it was like, oh, it drops off piranhas. And I could have gone all the way to the jungle and just killed piranhas there, because they spawn all the time. But I was like, oh, I've got a Prada statue. So I'll just link the Prada statue up to the timer switch and just have Prada just spawn right in front of me. And then I'll just kill them. <laughs> and that actually works because even though they don't drop the money, they do still drop the items. Hmm. So that's always convenient. There's a reason to loot those seemingly pointless statues. Or <laughs> some of them, anyway. <laughs> some of them are still pointless. Although, unfortunately, it doesn't work for like fishing bait. Because I got the, I got a worm statue, and I was like, uh, worms are one of the best like natural baits that you can get for the fishing. And I was like, oh, I can cut this worm statue is apparently active. Like, if I attach it to the wire, I can spawn worms. But you can't if you try and catch those worms with your bug net, they just disappear. <laughs> it's like they fall to that one. Mm-hmm. They decide not to make that too easy. <laughs> does, it, does it have like an ecosystem where you can get enemies to fight other enemies? Could you like use a statue in your boss arena to spawn stuff that the boss is going to get hurt by? I don't think there is any enemies that target other enemies that I can think of. So probably not. Mm. And the NPCs... Well, the NPCs, since one of the later patches, can actually fight, but not enough to survive for any period of time. They'll just die. Mm. And then respawn, eventually. And there's a weird, there was another thing that I'd never seen before, because it must have happened in a patch that I'd never seen, but I didn't, don't remember ever reading it in patch notes, because I had paid attention to patch notes, more or less, because I still had it installed, so every time it, <laughs> every time it updated, I was like, oh, what's going on in the area? 
But at some point, they did a crossover with Dungeon Defenders too. Oh, really? Where like there's a there's a mini tower defense thing built into Terraria, huh. <laughs> where you can build a little tower and then like have spawned waves of enemies hmm. <laughs> based on the Dungeon Defenders enemies. Because of course I do, I guess. Well, because they've done it with Fortnite as well. Like. <laughs> I mean, you say that, you say of course there is, but like that's another one. It's not as bad as Gordon Freeman in Final Fantasy 15, but it's just like <laughs> when was that deal made? Because like Dungeon Defenders Two was not that big ever, I guess. <laughs> and then Terraria was already ancient by that point. Uh, <laughs> it's like, when, when... Uh, I thought they were roughly the same time period, but no. I mean, the maybe, maybe Dungeon maybe Defenders the first One, one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe they knew each other from back then or something. Mm. It was just like, oh, we'll just throw this random crossover in for no apparent reason. Just shove it in with one of your regular patches for corrections too. <laughs> So there was that, and then uh, the other thing, which is marginally more new, I guess, is that I finally, after all this time, managed to get people together to play Astroneer. Hmm. <laughs> I've been holding off for so long because I was like, I don't want to play this by myself. I want to play this. I specifically got this game with someone in order to play it together. It's like oh, we finally managed to summon up the time, effort, and and. I guess we were waiting for some more patches, I suppose, because it's still still technically an alpha. But yeah, finally got around to doing that. And it seems like the most recent patches have made it more functional, uh, like mechanically, but maybe not more content. It's like they reworked the base building system to make it more, well, I guess more mechanical. Because the way you used to do it is basically you you had a little you had your ba- cent- central building in your base and you just like click on it and it would extend a little pipe and then you like put resources on the end and that would turn into a platform and then you'd just build whatever building you were building on that platform. But that was as much control as you got. So like you could demolish the platforms, you can you couldn't really control how, what direction they were face the buildings were facing or anything like that mm. whereas now they've made it so the platforms are just like an object that you can pick up and put down wherever and then like they lock in place when you plug in the power line okay right so you can actually rotate them and rearrange them and build mm. various things on them and it's a little more flexible in theory yeah and the power network has some slight more mechanics like you can you can make a special kind of cable that's directional, so you can prioritise which buildings take power first if you build your power station, and then the highest priority building, and then the rest or whatever, by using the directional power cables, that kind of stuff. And then the power system got updated to be continuous, I suppose. Like, buildings will run at a slow speed if there's not enough power. Right. But then if you get enough power, they just run at whatever maximum speed. So yeah, we ran around in that and dug up resources and found mysterious things to research, which is the main mechanic, I guess. Research stuff, get the research points, unlock the tech tree. But then then that's where you see, like, there's not really that much to it. This tech tree doesn't seem very big. And it also seems like the peak of the tech tree is, like, the shuttles to go between planets, but then what is the point of going between planets if you've already finished the tech tree? <laughs> mm. That seems to be where the content of the game isn't finished yet. So other things you can discover, like you suddenly re- research another tree. <laughs> well, maybe. 
I guess we don't know yet specifically. Is it No Man's Sky? But with like each planet is a slightly different tree and a slightly different way to progress. So mm, I would have thought get so. a shuffle and get, then go elsewhere and then do it again. It sounds like the main, the only real difference between the planets at the moment is like the proportions of different resources that spawn. Supposedly, like you can, if you forget to bring enough of one resource to a new planet, you might be kind of screwed. Hmm. We'll see about that, I guess. Presuming we find more time to play it some more. Still sounds like it's very early. It's um, kinda. It seems a lot like it's a lot more stable and functional, and like the mechanics that are there work than it used to be. Mm. But yeah, content maybe is the problem. So they've tightened up their core mechanics, but they need to. Now it's time to expand again. Yeah, it seems like it probably. Although. What they'll actually do will be what, like, what is going to be the goals? I mean, that's the problem with a lot of these games, though, right? Like, what is, what do you do with it? Kind of, but yeah, I don't know. It's the, the i the, the way the tech tree is now, where it does does just seem to end before you even had a reason to go to the other planets. That's obviously got to change. But then, what do you? You're gonna to have to just come up with like new resources that only appear on the other planets, and then those create something new. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That would be the only logical way to progress that. But then, well, what... a reason to create some kind of like, oh no, our home base is still here, but we're having to do shuttle runs. Yeah, to get this resource and mining, bring it back. Mining and... runs. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Don't know what's gonna happen with that. But yeah, uh, it seems decent enough, and it works surprisingly well. It actually works in ways that I thought were kind of impressive, but like aren't actually that impressive. Where when you're in multiplayer, it actually renders the other person's cursor in real time. Like when they're digging, you can actually see their actual whole dig icon, like you'd have, but it it follows their movements. Oh, interesting! It's like that's so almost impressive. So they're trying to make the UI in world to like other players. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing that is weird because the whole UI, like when you look at your backpack or the research screen. It, it like opens up on your screen but it actually in there in the other players they can see it hovering in front of you like it actually physically does that that's cool except not really because it's still not because it's a third person camera so that's not actually where it is from your perspective i, I see what you mean but that's <laughs> but that's still cool i still like that that they're they're trying to it's a bit like the you know, you know the, the 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 dead space thing right where yeah where, where every bit of UI in that game was supposed to actually be physically projected by something in the world. Yeah. Um, but when you put put multiplayer on top of that, it's like, that's that's really, that's a little bit tricky to pull off. But... Yeah. I was surprised at how well that, like, the cursor showed up. Like, it didn't even look laggy, really, right. what I would have expected from an alpha early access indie game. Sure. Because <laughs> they always manage to do something like that, like mm. Space Engineers in multiplayer. Goddamn terrible lag problems. <laughs> That's had quite a significant update recently as well, but I have, don't even have that installed at the moment. <laughs> Mainly a graphical update, though, supposedly. Mm. They're making their making their lighting engine all fancy, which is kind of nice for a space game, because mm. lighting in space is always cool. Lots of shadows. Yeah, harsh shadows, flashing lights, <laughs> disco party. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> space rave. Yep, space rave. So yeah, that's Astronira for now, I suppose. Astrodear. Astrofar. 
Astra in between. Astra wherever. I very Astra wherever. got lost, as usual. Because it, it has the classic problem of the planet is a small sphere, and it has beacons that are meant to show you, meant to mark locations, but the beacons project a line straight up from the planet's surface. Mm. But because the surface is curved so much, you could actually drive not very far away, and the line points so far away over the horizon that you can't see it any longer. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, didn't quite think that for I guess. They're quite short range beacons. <laughs> fun, fun, fun on the Astro Barn. <laughs> and I also accidentally just sent a thruster into space. <laughs> right, because I found like I found this random thruster, and I was like, "This doesn't even seem to make sense from the tech tree." Because by the looks of the tech tree, you just build a whole shuttle, and it just appears as one piece. Mm. So it's like, "What the fuck is this thruster for?" So I just brought it back to base. I was like, "Well, I guess we'll just hang on to this in case we need it later." <laughs> and then turned it on, and it just went. Well, no, but like it has. So the stuff in Astroneer is like it's quite a nice design, but like everything has attachment points, and like different numbers of points signify different sizes of sizes of attachment essentially. Mm. So like like a lot of stuff has two attachment points, so it'll only fit on the medium sized slots or whatever, and that sort of defines how you build things. So the the thruster had two slots, so we were like okay, this only fits on the medium thing. So the first thing we tried for some reason, was fitting it on the crane on the back of our rover, because the crane has a two-slot attachment point where you'd normally put the drill. Mm. And we were like, surely, if the if for some reason you can build the drill separately, <laughs> there must be something else that can go on this crane. Right, yeah. So let's just attach the thruster to it and see if we can like burn the terrain with the thruster for no reason. But that didn't actually do anything. <laughs> so we're like, okay, well, that doesn't work. But were we really expecting that to work? No, not really. <laughs> But then once we also, I mean, the other reason we tried that was because we just got rocket fuel. And we're like, so maybe we can use this crane to send the rocket fuel through the crane into the thruster and then it will turn off. But it didn't. But then what I dis- later discovered, because I was looking more closely at the thruster, was like the thruster ha- also has single attachment points, but they're like on the sides where you wouldn't necessarily expect them to be because of the way... Because of the way everything else is designed, you wouldn't necessarily recognise them as attachment points immediately. I was like, oh, those do look kind of like attachment points. Oh, look, stuff does seem to want to attach there. Hmm. So I was like, okay, I'll take this rocket fuel canister and I'll put it on one of those attachment points. And I did that, and the rocket just goes whoosh, straight into space. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess that does work. <laughs> All too well. well. It just turned itself on, like, yeah, it the, just, mo- the moment you moment attached, I attached it. the fuel to it, it just went straight up. And I was like, oh, well, okay then. <laughs> But then, but then, like, what is the point of that even? Why can you even do that? Why does this thruster exist in the first place? And why can you just fire it straight into space? <laughs> what if I detach, like, a seat on top of the thruster and then attach rocket fuel on it while I sit in the seat? Hell yeah. That's got to be tried. Yeah, I'm thinking, well, the trouble is it never came back down. <laughs> of course. So I was like, um, that's a problem. But I... I I think we have at least one more, but I think don't know if we have two more. If we still have two more hidden somewhere in the caves, because I remember finding at least one more. If we still have two, we could probably waste another one on a fire us into space <laughs> technique. But otherwise, we probably might want to save it just in case it's important. You just found like a fully featured thruster, like you didn't have to build it or anything. It's just one there in a loot cave. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not. It is just like literally just looks like an engine nozzle and then two attachment points. Mm. It's like, what is that for? Don't know. Fire stuff into space. 
garbage can. Well, maybe. Or maybe... The thing I don't know about Ashmere at all, because I've never seen it, and I've never... When we've never got this far in the game, is what the, like, going into space mechanics are like. Like, how do you transfer between two planets? Hmm. Is it just like a menu that pops up when you get into space? Is it... Or does someone have to fly it? Yeah, or is it manually piloted? Because you could theoretically imagine that these thrusters might just be a way to send cargo. Like, if you just attach the thruster to a platform and then just attach stuff to the platform and then just fire it into space, could that just be a way to transfer large quantities of stuff? I wonder if you go to a planet later on and you'll just find this thruster. (laughs) One singular thruster. burning into the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, presumably the fuel will run out at some point. So, yeah, we'll see about that. See how that mechanic actually works, assuming we get that far. Which we should, because there's not really that much content to get through, I guess. Mm. <laughs> and that's that. And that's pretty much it, I guess. I'm just waiting for those patches. Give me those patches. Patch hungry. And then apparently next podcast I'll be talking about Into the Breach, I suppose. <laughs> into the Breach it shall be. Once more. Into the Breach. Into the Breach. Yeah. Cool. Games. You finished Mass Effect yet? No, I was played the um, Quarian bits. That so that was good. <laughs> the trial thing, Tally's trial. That was yeah. pretty cool. I like it when it's like some of them are just like Star Trek episodes, basically. Like mainly like the moral choice stuff, like um, or not dilemma stuff for the whole civilization, right? So, like for example, <laughs> yes. the Quarians. It's like. Forward. It's like the Geth, right? Like, yeah. what should we do about the Geth? Or were we right to create them or, or whatever it was? Or should we destroy them? Should we... Et cetera, et cetera. And then, and then the other classic one is the Genophage. Mm. These are very Star Trek-y things. And you could talk for ages and about whether it's right to leave the Geth alone or whatever. And in, in, in this one, it's like you talk to... It's Tally's on trial, but you talk to like all of the kind of Quarian generals and they all have different ideas about what to do. And, and that's kind of cool. It doesn't necessarily even resolve at that point because no. the bit with Legion later. Yeah, <laughs> later on. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's kind of pre-Legion stuff. Although apparently I realized afterwards that you, it's possible to get Legion and then go to that, which would be interesting. But I didn't do that. Huh. I suppose that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. how does that play differently? Yeah, because that would be a bit weird because the whole Tally's on trial for bringing like Geth technology uh, that could potentially be activated back to the migrant fleet. And then you just show up with a full-on Geth wandering around the ship. Hi. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, so that's cool. But I'm taking that, still taking that one thing at a time. Uh, what else? Been playing, uh, went back to Mario, doing some, I realized I, I'd never actually been to the Cat Kingdom at all. Like at all. Oh, right, got back. Yeah. 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 Like, so I didn't have a single, like, purple coin or anything from the Cat Kingdom somehow. So I keep thinking you're saying Cat Kingdom, and I'm a bit disappointed that it's not. Cap. Cap Cap Kingdom. I really wish there was a Cat Kingdom, and then, like, Cat Mario is back (laughs) in non pixelated form. So I was finding all the moons in the Cascade Kingdom, and um, that, that bombastic. Uh, music gets quite annoying after a while in the, in the Cascade Kingdom. <laughs> yes, this is a bit epic. It's yeah, a bit too epic well, I think for it, like... I think 
I think it worked at like the start of the game, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it does. But like, after that, my journey. It puts a bit much for like wandering around trying to find. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. it's not one of the. It's one of the easier. It's not very big. To, yeah. to, to, to max out the moons. Yeah, it's not too bad. I managed to find find them. So uh, cool. So it'll be back to New Donk City shortly, I imagine. Uh, and, and find all those crazy. Uh, Extra moons. Yeah, I think I've been hidden that Do a way. shit ton of jump rope. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was that was tricky. I think I did the I did the what was it the hundred or whatever it is the second moon. Yeah. Yeah, I did manage that, but boy, that took me a while. It's not as bad as the volleyball though. Oh man, I'm dreading that actually because <laughs> I haven't I couldn't do that the first time. Yeah, it was difficult to even get the regular one, and then yeah. the, the hundred hit version. Yeah, I haven't done that. <laughs> You have to like throw your cap mostly, right? It's mostly about yeah. aiming your cap, yeah. really. Which I'm not very good at, to be honest. <laughs> so that'll be interesting. Uh, it is things that rely on cap aim are sometimes some of the weakest stuff in that game. Actually, mm. it's just a little. Uh, it requires. So there are moments where it seems to, it feels like it requires an accuracy you don't have. Mm. That's why it has the hoing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> just wiggle it some more. Just. just... Yeah, to jiggle yourself every shot. Yeah, so there's that. I'm not actually sure what I'm going to play next after I do these things. Um, but um, thinking again about... <laughs> sorry, what? Get another game on the Switch. On the Switch. Well, I got Mario Kart, so I'm playing playing oh, a bit yes. of that yeah. um, for practice so I can play with friends. Um, maybe, maybe you should play Bayonetta 2? Um, maybe. When's that out? Is that out? Oh, it's out, I think, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Missed that one. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's um, good. Real good. Well, I'm thinking again about a PlayStation, given that Red Dead is definitely happening eventually. Oh, I, I was actually a little bit tempted this week. I don't really know where it's come from, but this week I suddenly had that pang of, maybe I should pick up an X. Yeah. Right. Oh, really? I, I don't really You're know why. Upgrade your Xbox. They got yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I, the thing is, there's quite a few games on the, as we discussed, on the PlayStation now. Like, I could probably, mm. I'd never played Shadow of the Colossus, so I could even break out that remaster. Yeah, and it's got it's got an indie library that of some weird and wonderful stuff that might come up on PS Plus, or if yeah. you go that way, or like, so it actually got some, well, those Housemark games are probably worth having a look at, things like that. Because I don't yeah, think I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be upgrading my PC, really. For a while, well, I think it's, it's going to be yeah. a console the, period until that GPU market dies down. It's a bad, it's a bad time yeah. for it. I don't really. It would be quite a big deal to. Like, I'd have to replace my PC basically at this point, and I can't yeah. really be bothered. So I think it's going to be console time for a while, and it's been good. I mean, last year, you know, it was all and and this so far has been all switch switch funness. So I'll just keep it rolling with potentially keep it rolling with a with a PlayStation and. Um, I can easily get enough games to go up to uh, Red Dead and then just carry on from there. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's the current plan. But who knows when. I'm still going to carry on with this stuff for the time being. What's the next big thing to come out, though? Um, what comes out before before Red Dead that I need to play? Uh, that you need to play. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a difficult question. Yeah. Yeah, that is difficult. I, w- I did have something in mind actually the other day that I thought, well, oh, that might be a down game, but 
I, I, I can't remember it now. <laughs> Pokemon on the Switch. That was that was somehow managed to come out before Red Dead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. That's going to be delayed a year, just like Red Dead. I reckon. Yeah, at least, I mean, <laughs> or not even delayed. It just won't actually have even had a release date because it doesn't. I mean, we've got Final Fantasy 15 in a week. <laughs> That's open world. I, I don't know Final Fantasy games. But... What? It's what an open I... world game. I've got to play the Naughty Dog games, really. That's the main thing. Uncharted, Last of Us. Um, yeah, La- yeah, Last of Us is worth a playthrough, even if I don't think the gameplay is its strong point. But mm. the story stuff is great. Um, that, I, I, I still want to well. play the, um, yeah, the PS4 Uncharted games. That's That's my big thing. And then there's Shadow of the Colossus remake. Looks pretty good. Um, and Horizon. Yeah, Horizon. Um, could play Witcher 3 on the PlayStation 4 if I had the time and inclination. I think your PC is probably the best place to play that. Is it, though? Is it going to be look as good as the as yeah. PS4? I, th- I think your yeah. machine will, st- will still outstrip it. Oh, my headphones are well, Witcher 3 kind of you know, not new, I guess. No, still, that's true. I think I it's on the edge of what my PC and graphics card is gonna is gonna like, especially given I've got quite a high res monitor. I do actually have a copy of it hanging around in my Steam inventory. If you want it, hmm. oh, when did you get that? Did you not? Oh, probably I, I think got it was it for a... you. <laughs> can't remember. Oh, did you? No, well, well, no. maybe I, don't, I, I can't remember. But yeah, well, I I think I got it one Steam sale, thinking I'd gift it to someone, and then wasn't sure if anyone would actually want it. <laughs> Hmm. I wouldn't like, have got you anything like, that wasn't on I'm not sure it, wish list. Well, Zach, well, exactly, but it is still on my wish list. That's the thing, it's, even though it's, oh, okay. it's like, well, Zach, I wasn't sure if it's that. Honestly, I had that technical question. Like, well, my machine wouldn't be able to handle yeah, that one. Would it, would, it, sure. would it run it at all? Um, Dan, I think you could run it, but I just wasn't sure if it. I'm just not. It's, it's maybe it's something about its. Uh, Skyriminess, I guess, and it's in that sort of fantasy setting that I didn't. Maybe that wouldn't gel, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think just, I just had a feeling that Witcher might not have been your thing for some reason. But what me? Yeah, yeah, I don't quite know well, why. I, I like Skyrim. I mean, I played quite a lot of Skyrim at the time. Mm. It's quite a long time ago, though. I didn't like carry on playing it like Mad Men, but uh... If you get an Xbox, I've got a random copy of Fallout 4 behind me. I don't, I don't yeah, think Yeah, I it's... noticed that last week. I was like, why the hell does Rob have an Xbox copy of Fallout 4? <laughs> Kippers is what. Well, that's what I guessed. But yeah. Then the, the question becomes, why did he buy you that copy of Fallout 4? I mean, that is, that is a question. <laughs> I mean, what... I probably will play it. <laughs> now I've got it. Well, yeah. yes, that is what you do with yeah. games. <laughs> now, I've, now I've got it. I must try it. Mm, yeah cool uh well that's me and that's us then i guess for this podcast i think I so. yeah uh, any more for any more no not really I, i'm I, i'm trying to think what i'm actually going to do the next i haven't actually bought a game for a while is what i was thinking to myself the other day it's like i don't like but then i'm not quite sure do i go in on something on switch because i might be running out of my switch library well, like, I've still got loads of Mario left to do, in fairness, on there, and Splatoon's mm. still keeping me entertained. So, And you still need to steal someone's cartridge of Zelda at some point. Yeah. <laughs> at, at some point, I need your copy of Zelda. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Or, or just buy another one or something like that. Um, but then, yeah, Final Fantasy XV is coming out next week, and I'm quite 
I mean, I'm still pretty interested in that. Uh, I did think about like maybe I should play a fighting game again, something like that. Like fight, fight, fight. Yeah, get get myself a copy of Tekken, something like that. Not Dragon Ball. But then, but then I remember. Well, Dragon Ball does seem real cool as well. <laughs> but but then that would be one of those games that you and I would probably only play a couple of times, yeah, and it'll be best yeah. if we don't play it extensively. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but then Soul Calibur Six is coming out later this year, so I'll probably end up waiting for that. Um, there's, there's stuff on the horizon, but uh, it's, uh, but just yeah, I just don't know at this point in time. I don't think I'd, like my usual like I'll just get a deal when, when, when there's a deal on, and I've got so much backlog stuff. Well, yes, it's like you don't actually need to buy any games. No, but like, <laughs> but there are times because I don't do it very often. It's like when a new release comes out that like, I actually buy on day one. That does feel like a an event now, yeah, exactly, because I don't do it very often. Yeah. Sonic Mania, I suppose, was the last one. <laughs> Thinking well, about it. It's a good one. Yeah. Sea of Thieves. Sorry. Sea well, of Thieves. There is that. Uh, sea of gonna, Thieves, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm if, probably uh, going to go in for that. Yeah. On on what? PC? Um, I don't... Well, here's the thing. I don't know. if I might... going to play this on PC. Are you going to get it, Tech? Of... We, we should just... We should sail a pirate ship. I reckon we should. <laughs> I mean, we should. But that's an organisational situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is, is going to be tricky for us to organise because we've had that problem before. But I'm not 100% sure that whether the persistence thing is going to be too much of an issue in this. When no one really knows how it plays out well, long term. I mean, that is the major thing that worries me about just buying... Oh, well, I mean, not going to pre-order it or anything, but even buying it early on in its release, it seems yeah. like you need to find out what that game actually is because no one really knows. Yeah, well, I think Kips, uh, to, 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 to give you some hint, like, I think Kips and Jam are going to go in on Xbox um, because Kips has an X, yeah. so of course he is. Um, but I do have some Game Pass like stuff, like Xbox Game Pass months. Um, so you can, so at, I, you can at the very least get in temporarily. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will trial that Game Pass experience and... Uh, uh, might play that and then maybe play some Gears of War 4 because that's there. You know? <laughs> the, the get that for free plan. Exactly. Gears of War 4, yeah. For obvious reasons. Absolutely. Just 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 work my way through those. And uh, yeah, so it, in terms of podcastiness, it sort of cuts through a number of things. I get to see what that Game Pass experience is like. I get to see if it's gypped in the way that some games apparently are and will actually work on PC, mm. even though the service is only supposed to work on Xbox. Fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and then that's that's me for a while, I think. But see a thieves, get hype. See a thieves, <laughs> get maybe hype. Get maybe hype. We'll do a video. Know. Video, I expect. From, from the little I've played, and from the slightly more that Kippers has played, being in some sort of beta program, I think you, you've got to play a bit more of that. The uh, the, the hype is high. Coolio. Uh yeah. We'll we'll tell you all about that when that when we're playing that, if we play that, depending on the platform. <laughs> uh cool. Well if you and, guys go in, I would get the PC version, right? Like yeah. I'll, 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 what there'll be a, well actually what I'll do is I'll just have to get the Xbox digital version. Yeah, that'll give you both. And you'll and give you both. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Cool. Uh any videos up on the uh YouTube channel? Uh, Eats Munchies went up again. Over yep. the last couple of days, because I had Check to re-upload it, because the audio sync was a nightmare. Um, we've got, of all things, Super Buster Move to come next. Woo, Super Buster Move. Check that one out when it comes up. And I, and I really need to get round to uploading the last episode of Focus Magnum, because I keep forgetting. 
And your magnum gonna... opus will be complete. <laughs> I was going to argue if you're like going to do now Factorio's like patch numbers going up, you're going to have to do some revisit videos. Well, for yeah, I was or... thinking about that, but then that's the situation of like I have to come up with a better way to record that, right? And a more efficient streamlined way of recording. Well, I mean, that. yeah, can you can you prepare ways of showing like what the changes are and things like that? Okay, here's uh, what's you changed. Don't want to do a change log video. Enough people already do those. I guess you need to come up with something interesting to build, or just yeah. Or just trim a lot of stuff out, mm. I guess. I don't know. Or go into mods. I could do a mod video. Yeah, that could be interesting. Cool. Check those out, and uh, we'll catch you for another Salcast in a couple of weeks. Oh, God. New Theme 2 needs to be done soon. Yeah, oh, I was yeah, thinking about I was thinking about that <laughs> this week. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Whereas Rob's the one who actually needs to think about that. I, I've got some ideas. I've got, some, and I, I do actually have something in the pipeline. I've, I've started work on something, but I don't know if I'll keep it. <laughs> it could be real bad. It, that's all I'm saying. It could be really, really bad. <laughs> well, look forward to having your ears destroyed every time you go to turn on our podcast for another year. I don't know about destroyed, just embarrassed. <laughs> embarrassed <laughs> your ears. Your ears. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, look forward to that, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.